this is Wrong Rocket. Who are you? Uh, narrative Mike. Mike. You're narrative, narrative Mike. Mike. You're narrative Mike. Mike. Narrative yeah. Mike, Mike. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> One time we had like 30 mics and I thought, that's a lot of mics. It spreads you out so that you don't have to be on every episode. Um, well, regardless, this I think it's time. It's It's been 14 years since you were on the show, so I would say it's time to. Wouldn't you agree? I, I, I would, yes. It's, okay. I've, I've missed it. I've been sad and alone in my bunker. All right, we're going to change all that because it's time to... Release the... Kraken! Hey, Narrative Mike, Mike, how you doing, man? Pretty good. Can't you complain. Look... <laughs> you look good. I, I, I appreciate that. I've I think you smell out. good. Uh, I took a shower. It's possible. I'm approaching my monthly shower, so pretty soon I'll smell good, too. Nice. Right now, when I, when I, I I'm kidding, but uh, but uh, I'm sure it would be like a pig pen with the flies, but also like waves, like seeing me through some fumes. It's not nice. true, though. No, I smell so you're like you are. You are the personification of the five E stink cloud. That's right. That's right. See what the see what the see what the Fauci ouchie gets you. <laughs> well, uh, you know. Also, the thing is, I smell. I smell like a peach, but I haven't been eating peaches, so that could be a chemical imbalance. We'll see how this goes. You don't look uh, yellow, so you should be okay. Uh, Jaundice is out. All right, that's great. Jaundice is out. Uh, well, listen. Let's hop right into this. So tonight, it's you and me. Nice. And uh, are you having a refreshing beverage? What do you have in there? Uh, I, I am just having a soda, as what they call it. From what kind of soda are you having, though? A a a Coca Cola. Coca Cola. You're, ha- you're having a Coca Cola. Um, are you having a real Coca Cola, or are you doing yeah. it in the way that you know it's just like like Xerox and Kleenex? No, no, I'm not. Uh, we have we have one of those inject carbon into things and add a add a flavor. I don't use it. Buy uh, a Coke. <laughs> did you um? Did you buy that because Scarlett Johansson was selling it to you? Because I can see that being a viable uh, delivery system. Uh, possibly, but no. I, I, I we got it because Ruby likes. Um, she likes the sparkling waters, and I think they taste yes. like butt. So. <laughs> <laughs> so our pre-air conversation, you're like. Yeah, I'm still on the other side of that fence. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. You're talking about the bubbles like the bubbles are the devil. <laughs> well, I want okay. the sugar. Yeah, I get it. So we're going to dive right into the first segment, which is... Oh, wait, what are you drinking? Oh, I'm having a delicious coffee beverage. As you can see here, I'm having an MNI. I'm not getting any uh, promotional consideration for this, but my Ember cup that keeps it nice, hot for a nice. long period of time. And I'm having a delicious cup of coffee. Not, not a sponsor of the show. What's that? Not sponsored either. Not, yes. not a sponsor of the show. <laughs> no, not a sponsor of the show. Kraken never became a sponsor of the show, and that kind of that was a disappointment that's, because it was such a good alignment at the time. It felt like it. I mean, neither that are robot overlords, but I mean, they're kind of they're kind of low key. So. I was going to say the problem is Boston Dynamics keeps asking to be a sponsor, and they're asking with the Boston Dynamics bot outside my garage door that has learned how to lift it. It's a different problem. So if I go off the air suddenly. Yeah, it's sponsored because by... they parkour it onto your roof. Exactly, and then we could say sponsored by Boston Dynamics. <laughs> Why are you parkour, like of all things, like line dancing would have been cute. No parkour. I'm like, and they put a and cute. they put a minigun on one. Right, it was bad enough that you had them on drones, but now you have them on. Oh come and on! Not... They were always going to have gun systems. Give me I, know. I know. 
I'm just happy they don't have like death scythe arms yet. Oh, totally. And I'm just astonished being a cyberpunk guy. I'm just astonished that all these guys aren't um, packing them in with flechette. Oh, right. Because yeah. no recoil, super light, super quiet. Yeah. Can you imagine a Boston Dynamics gently whirring in the gloom of the darkness of your backyard or whatever, and then and that's it. That's it for you. So I'm I'm more terrified of that that horrible snake one they have. Wasn't that one? Wasn't that supposed to be for like um, looking for survivors in uh, collapsed sure. buildings? Sure. Sure but, then, but then it bites their tracheas. I mean, that's not great. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, it was, this one's to this one's to find survivors of the robot holocaust. I was gonna say, most of us knowledgeable people watched the uh, fourth. Is it the fourth or fifth uh, Terminator movie, the Mick G one or whatever it was? Whoever did it, um, you know, the one with uh, Christian Bale and. Yeah. They had cy- they had cyber snakes in the water, right? Is they were four. Is that four? Or is that five? Is that Three? four? That was four, right? Uh, let's so, see. So first one, then terminate, then Judgment Day, then then Fall- little Claire Danes, right? Uh, yeah, uh, swinging on the swinging on the on the wrecking ball, and right. then Claire Danes wasn't, but that could have been a different cut of the movie we didn't see. And then also <laughs> the fourth one is Christian Bale, right? And uh, then the fifth one is uh, uh, Genesis. Are we missing one? Emilia Clark. Are we missing one? I don't think we are. Oh, and then there's the new one. What's the new one? The new one has the girl from um, Halt and Catch Fire. Yeah, that's... Oh, yeah, you're right, right. Which was the best since the second one. Yes, right. and that, yes, is, yes. that is technically three now. Right, 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 right. And we talked about that um, 76 episodes ago, and we all agreed particularly as progressive Californians, that it was 100% the best Terminator movie since the second one. All right, so, but anyway, my point being, even we saw the one with uh, with um, all the explosions, and they put, it was bad enough that they made Terminator motorcycles and and other things, but then they had Terminator cyber snakes in the water. Yeah. Like, why did you need that? <laughs> was there really a threat? <laughs> the only time there Maybe was ever... Maybe they really <laughs> dolphins, too. <laughs> I was gonna say the only time there was ever a legit water-based threat to to uh, Skynet was in the Sarah Connor Chronicles at the end when they showed up in a sub. sub? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And even then, uh, underrated show. Underrated uh, show. God damn it, it was. Um, okay, so listen, I'm gonna do the next segment, which is we're calling it these days. They'll use your bones for tools, or will they? Nice. So nice. you and I are in hatches. We're in separate hatches. It's the apocalypse, okay. or we think it is. I mean, the iron hanger. Uh, called yep. it first. Oh, the iron hanger. I like that. Um, um, well, and so the thing is, we uh, we think that uh, the plan's been overrun by something. And the sure. question is, as we consider some of these news items and or rumors, are they interesting enough to make us risk opening the hatch to investigate? That's okay. fundamentally how we judge all things. It's Fair. a Boolean Fair. problem. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's very present in this in this day and age of do I want to leave the house and get the vid? Yeah. Um, so have we have we just does do ever, does every week do you decide what's on the surface or is it just kind of a there's something out there's an err an err danger? I'm, I'm happy to introduce that layer to this nonsense. So uh, today's I, I think I think per- this perceived this time, it is cybernetically enhanced otters surface threat. Cybernetically 
enhanced kill otters. All right. Yes. There you go. With their, with okay. their lovely tummies, they just crack your head against their tummies. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> I've seen them work those shells. And then if you imagine that that's your, I don't know, various parts of your endocrine system that they're swooshing. Um, okay, so okay. I will give you a, a, a category. I'll All give right. you some categories and you can pick. We have Trailers Ho. We have Marvel. Would you we just have, call me? Yeah, I see what you did. And then we have uh, Detective Comics Comics. And then we have A Star War. Then we have Miscellaneous. And then we have uh, From the No One Asked for This Department. <laughs> so, so pick one. Um, or we just go down the list, whatever you want. I want a Star War. Give me a Star War. All right, I'm going to give you a Star War. Here we go. Let's see. Give us a new Star War for me. All right, I'm going to do a semi-random. I'm going to do a, a, a semi-randomized something something, and um, I've landed on. Um, uh, I've landed on Cassian Andor. So here we are. So a couple of things that have been talked about recently, or at least since I've been keeping notes. So some of these are old, and some of these are less old. Um, the first one was that there's a rumor that Ben Mendelsohn, uh, as director Krennic, will be back. Given this is a prequel of Rogue One, that's not inconceivable and could work. Um, there's nothing that suggests that they wouldn't have run into each other or that he wouldn't be active prior to the Death Star building or whatever. We also don't know when it's taking place and how much of it is right before the Rogue One stuff when they're yeah. looking for plans versus earlier in his career as a spy. I don't know. But that's what they said. And another one is that I mean, Ben... A lot of work. Yeah, a lot of time there. Because I love it. Because like, yes. Rogue One, that it's already been built. It's a test, you know. So they have all the time in the world to play there. <laughs> I love it. Um, and also another item was that um, Ben Karen, who is a director from The Crown, is directing um, some or all of the first season of Andor episodes. Okay. And I think The Crown is one of the best um, uh, pieces of television that I've ever seen from a production and style standpoint. So I'm super down with that. Um, Oh, you are missing out, my friend. And then finally, supposedly Circus uh, has joined the project. And that doesn't necessarily mean that he's a Snoke. could also mean he's any random alien or anything. Or even a human, because his claws are a pretty damn good pretty damn good human, too. Space Golem. A space Golem. <laughs> so would you say that these Cassian and or... Um, uh, rumor bits are enough to make you want to break... Oh, I'm, already, I'm already being killed by otters. Oh, okay. You've you said casting Andor and I left. I understand. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. I, I'm, I'm in on any, any Star Wars television show. They've all been yeah. fantastic. I'd like to say, I mean, I'd like to say that um, this is my most anticipated one. But the problem is we have Mando and we have Book of Boba Fett and we have uh, Ahsoka and we have, you know, it's like one thing after another that's all going to be amazing as far as I'm concerned. So it's like, I, why choose? Yeah, I mean, um, I really want Ahsoka. Like, I want it so bad. And Like, this is going to be the most ridiculous thing I've ever said. I need to know what happened to Ezra Bridger. I need I to know. know what happened to Ezra Bridger. And it really does feel more and more like there's... I mean, they, they're they going to lean into that stuff from Rebels. Yeah. The question is, are they going to use... I You know, I actually think they're probably going to use Ahsoka as a springboard and then eventually phase it into another show... I think yeah. that their roadmap is doing, uh, you know, Disney Plus series long as 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 these like micro seasons and just keep doing them, 
and yeah. really space out some time before they put another movie in the theater. There was some Twitter commentary last week where everyone was flaming out because there was some, you know, I work at Lucasfilm and we're not doing any movies forever kind of thing. And so everyone lost their shit. Right. It's Twitter, right? Regardless of whether that was true. But I had no problem with that concept. I'm I'm okay with it too. I'm actually, I'm actually, I wish, and this is, this is, 12-year-old Mike is kicking older Mike in the nuts right now. 29-year-old Mike. I wish Mike. Marvel a little bit. Like, how about we yep. space, space this out a little bit, a little bit. Just, just let's slow it down. Well, yeah, space them out and, and invest more in the type of, um quality of the disney plus star wars stuff yeah i don't i actually think the marvel tv show stuff has been great particularly since they've taken it all back i think it's been great but there's been some there's some very it's been um a pretty wide net they've been experimenting quite a bit in different styles which i appreciate Mm -hmm. but i would love to see them just triple down on all of that and give and put one marvel movie out a year and put the rest in the shows i think it would be fantastic i think it'd be cool and it would, it would get all, oh my God, I'm tired of reading. I was like, MCU is going to die. I'm like, just, you know what, buddy? I have to watch football games every week. So how about you let it go? I mean, and also, how are we going to get Devil Dinosaur? It's going to be in the Disney Plus side of things, right? <laughs> oh, like, whoa, oh, so I uh, recently went to Disneyland yeah. and went to um, Avengers Campus. Yeah. And in the new Spider-Man ride, there are four other scientists. Oh. One of which is Doreen Green. Okay. Who, if you don't know that name, for those in the world, that is Squirrel Girl. Yep. And I was like, hello. Um, one is uh, Lulu Lafayette, who is um, Moon Girl, the uh-huh. double dinosaur. Um, one is the mechanics assistant, whose name I've forgotten, Grant? No, that's wrong. Kurt? Can Kurt. We- it's Kurt. Um, the kid from Iron Man 2, 3. Two, Iron Man 3? Three. 3, right. Yep. And then... Um, who appeared, who aged up, or he was older, but the same actor, right? In, um, right. At the end of Endgame, right. Right. And the, the fourth one is the daughter of the lead Wakandan scientist. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and They're of course planting Peter. seeds, yeah. Yeah, and of course Peter is there. So, um, yeah, like I walked by, I was like, Doreen Green? Do you mean? And then, like on her blurb, it said linguistics, and then fascination with squirrels. And I was like, "Oh my god, it is squirrel girl." Well, and since we're digressing on that point, um, one of our topics in the Marvel section is uh, I had written essentially that we got robbed of Squirrel Girl because right. once they once they um, she was talking a little bit more about what happened with that, um, I was infuriated that okay. the executives stepped in and said it's too gay. We're going to back off. Wait, that, what? Yeah. Um, it, uh, what's her name? Mil- Mil- Milana Weintraub, I think is her name, right? That yeah. was, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. A- yeah. AT&T commercials and yeah. she's mm-hmm. wonderful. Mm-hmm. She's wonderful. And yeah. she's been on a bunch of little other shows and then she was signed on as Squirrel Girl. And they were developing the show. I think, I can't remember whether it was a Squirrel Girl show directly or whether it was the group. But she said that they were they were cranking along and it was fairly gay. And... The, at the executive level, there was some anxiety about it, and then they pulled it back. And it was an executive that was pulling, that was throwing a shit fit about it, who subsequently was fired. But the project was killed, so it was like too late. And I, I've seen her in 
in like photos that were released where she's got the tail on and she's hanging out and she is as, as cute as a plum as it is. Yeah, uh, that like, would have been fucking amazing. Right now, like I could see that. Yeah, I just oh my god, it sucks that they did that. Um, but anyway, going back to a Star Wars, you mentioned the Ahsoka um, uh, sh- uh, show, so I wanted to mention we do have a, a rumor item about that. That I guess it's it's been a confirmed that Hayden Christensen is going to be involved. I think it's definitely confirmed he's going to be in Ben Kenobi, but yeah. there was a thing a few weeks ago or something that said that there were reasons to suspect that he was going to be in the Ahsoka show. Or he was confirmed. Whatever I it is. I think it would be amazing and, if they did flashbacks or they just had Force Ghost Anakin like hanging out being like, look, I'm, shit got weird. I'm sorry. Well, that's <laughs> the thing. I think I think it would be, if it's, I think that's true. And I also think if it was flashbacks, it would be amazing because we saw that fi- we saw that confrontation in Rebels, which was fucking amazing. And I'm thinking it would be super rad if... Because remember we were talking about, like, we were speculating on what Kenobi might be. Right. We were saying, hey, this is a great opportunity for them to introduce the Inquisitors and the whole concept from the comics that Vader had tasked them for hunting down Jedi. And then he got involved when it was, when uh, Grand Inquisitor was having some troubles. Right. Um, I, and I think that would have been a great reason for, that would have been a great concept for, for the Ben Kenobi show. But I really think it would be a great concept for an Ahsoka show. Yeah, it'll be interesting for when they place Ahsoka because, right. I mean, uh, but they could jump I, around I, in time though. They're doing flashbacks, yeah, at all. Yeah, I mean, Rosario Dawson is is not the Ahsoka post Order sixty six. She's right, you know, an older, more well. Yeah, she's she's a folk, she's a fulcrum Ahsoka for sure. Yeah, yeah. and and I love it for that. But I'm saying yes if they were to go back a, a back a little bit in the timeline and jump around a little bit, which I think is a great opportunity in these projects. Yeah. I think it would be great to use the Inquisitors and bring Vader in that way. Agreed. Yeah. And also, yeah, would, I'm... Yeah. I would actually like Hayden Christensen not to be Vader, personally. <laughs> like, well, me too, but what, there's... Right? Yeah, but you, but, but also, like, uh, you know, that I have that art print of Vader without his helmet on. I'm fascinated sure. by, you know... Yeah. The way they handled it in in uh, 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 Revenge of the Sith was that the one? Is that the third one? Revenge of yeah. the Sith. Um, the way they handled it in that one, where it was like, we pulled you out of the lava and we sh- stuck the helmet on you, and then all your everyone's dead. No, well, yeah. I want to see. We got in that movie a bunch of stuff where he was turning gray and getting weird, and his eyes were wrong. Yeah, but I want to see more of him damaged. Before he's fully in the suit, and yeah, yeah, the comics, the Vader comic was showing a lot of that. You were seeing more of him in bits and pieces as he was having to embrace having the armor on. And yeah. I'd like to see. I think that's a great opportunity. I'd like to see a fucked up Hayden Christensen, um, mangled and and working his way into full Vader mode. Okay, right. Yeah, but you, you sold me. I'm in. But I'd take the ghost as well, and I'd even take straight up flashbacks to Clone Wars. Where she's fighting by his side, that'd be amazing too. Yeah, that'd be cool. I would dig that. Uh, okay, so how about a different subject? Okay. Oh wait, so the, all this stuff we're gonna stick our head out, right? I mean, yes. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, I am. I, I will stick my head out for Ben. I'm skeptical, but I will still do it. Yeah, yeah. You're like, like I, I, if if I stick my head out and I'm killed, I'll be like, yeah, I expect, yeah, that was, yeah, the, yeah, the eyes are waiting. 
That's fair. Well, it's like the Cloverfield Drive movie. You're wiping the window a little bit. Like, I think I see an otter in the gloom. I'm pretty sure there was an otter out there. Yeah. <laughs> yep. A, a yep. cyber otter. Okay, uh, what about another category? Do you want to do Trailers Ho, or do you want to do Marvel, de- Detective uh, Comics, do, uh, Comics? Detective Comics, Comics. All right. Um, all right. Okay, I'm going to pick Batgirl. So we got a couple of items in the Batgirl movie world. One is that Brendan Fraser was tapped as the villain, an undefined villain. I have I some feelings about this. Fraser. I'm, I'm well, okay. Well, I, here's the. Th- I'm not okay, sure so, who he'd be though. I I'm not really. I don't really. Is it Barbara Gordon now? I uh, Sandra or is it? I don't know. Or is it Stephanie? We don't know. Do we know which Batgirl we're talking about? We don't know. I don't think they've given us any of that direction. I don't know. Um, I don't, oh no no Leslie Grace said Leslie Grace was was the um, uh, was tapped as Batgirl. Okay, I will follow the link in my own notes. Um, and, oh yeah 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 yeah. Okay, so she was in in the Heights. So uh, she, could be, she could be a good Cassandra. Oh, but they've already used Cassie, haven't no, they? So, it's it's Barbara oh. Gordon. She's playing Barbara Gordon. Oh, she is playing Barbara. I'm yep. cool with that too. Yeah, a Latin ex Barbara Gordon. You know what they're going to say? All of those the basement dwellers are going to lose their mind again. Yes, we because, have an we have an African American whiteness is in, inherent to the character. It sure is. Well, we already have an African American uh, bat woman, and then we're going to have a Latinx bat girl. And these, well, I mean, oh. Commissioner Gordon is now Jeffrey Wright. Right? I mean, that's just I love I'm, it. I'm like that is a badass freaking Commissioner Gordon right there. If we I love digress- that man, he can do he can do oh. no wrong. Except for, we, I want to digress a second to our previous episode where Chris and I were talking about this. One of the one of the main things that I had trouble getting over in What If was Jeffrey Wright as the Watcher. Because he... You saw What If, right? I've seen up through zombies. Okay, but his delivery... I imagined Watcher growing up as a kid. I imagined him having a very um, stoic... Um, neutral, articulate, and maybe British voice. You know what I'm saying? Austere. Was, and what we get with Jeffrey Wright is... Doctor Strange. He was pretty like, I told you not to do it. And I'm like, it's fair, he did tell you not to do it. Yeah, but like with the way Jeffrey Wright, particularly in the intro where he he, he speaks like a human. So yeah. like he actually wrote... There's one part that drives me nuts in every uh, intro. He says, I'm your guide through these brave new realities. Why did you? Why did you have to roll new realities into new realities? It's like so aggravating to me when I want Watcher to be like, you know, I yeah. see what you did there. It's, you know? Yeah, I mean, I get it. I get. I love we, him, we but have. I mean, we've grown up with the Watcher as a yeah. thing. Yeah. You know, like just this omnipresent thing. Like Ruby has the best. Ruby has the best story about this because, like, she's relatively new to comics. Having, yeah. I mean, that's a lie. She's new to like mainstream Marvel. She's been reading comics right. for right. Um, and I like when we first started dating, I got her to read the Bendis Avengers stuff. Right. And her like at that point, like her introduction to the Watcher was in that giant fight where Spider-Man's going, no, 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 this isn't that important. If it were really important, the Watcher would show up and then something bad happens, and then he goes, Oh, there he is. My bad. This is, this is bad. <laughs> it's bad, everybody. <laughs> Well, I mean, and then towards the end of the season, if you I, you uh, presumably will see these, but yeah, Watcher yeah. gets more directly involved in a very comic-y way, and and not and 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 less the like I'm 
there is a lot of dare I intervene, dare I intervene, but then all of a sudden he's he's doing you know karate chops and things, and it's just a lot. Okay, but um, did you say karate chops? I did. Um, oh, are you being as, facetious, or does he really do karate chops? Uh, he does karate chops. He does, as Mr. T infamously said in a Butterfinger ad, he does some ka and a kaya, and it happens in the show. So, I'm so not, I am less. I am now terrified of what's going to happen in this series. Okay. Well, yeah. It, it, well, yeah. There's some. There's some good potential in some of the last few episodes, but there are some problems too. But um, that all said. He also, right after that, the next thing he's in, you know, he's in the James Bond movie, which I haven't seen, but but of course I will love. Um, and he's, I may, I'm, do you know anything about this movie? Um, I saw a number of different things flying around over the course of its 17 years of production and marketing. Okay, cool. Just be very careful. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not reading a damn thing about it now. I'm trying to go in blind, okay. yes, Good. but 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 but, um. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, so, and I love him in Westworld. Yeah, I got to say, oh. one of the best things he's done in my in my mind is French Dispatch. Haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I saw it last yeah. week, and uh, you know, like a lot of, like I was saying to my wife, you know, if you love the Venn diagram is very specific. If you love Wes Anderson stuff, and you love um, the archness of French cinema and the history of French cinema. And you particularly love both of those. That's a Venn diagram. This movie is going to be great for you. If you okay. like one of those two, you're probably going to be into it. But it could be twee. And right. then if you're not into Wes Anderson and you're not into French cinema, it's going to be the most um, um, just obtuse thing that you could not even wrap your head around why you're even watching what you're watching. Sure. Gotcha. Uh, we, we loved it. But it okay. says something, though about his pacing and his choices that my wife kept saying to me afterwards, like that was a really long movie. Right. And I'm like, it was glorious. Um, but it was 100 and it was 107, it was 107 minutes. So it really wasn't that long. Um, whereas I saw Dune and then said, wait, wait, what? Um, cause I thought I was about halfway through and I was happily sit down for another two and a half hours. You, you were halfway through it. You are I know. correct. I just didn't know that. <laughs> my point is Dune felt short. Yeah. French dispatch felt long, but anyway, um, Jeffrey Wright plays um, a character in one of the vignettes, the four vignettes in French Dispatch, and it's some of my favorite stuff that he's done. Excellent. So, okay, uh, back to Batgirl. Brendan so, yeah, Fraser. I have no idea who Brendan Fraser would be, but I love Brendan Fraser. So I saw some I saw some stuff that suggested that he would be, uh, uh, not Lightning Bug. What is his name? Um, Firefly. But I think that's based on the fact that Batgirl Year One had Firefly as the villain. Nope, and I don't Firefly. Is he? Did they yep. confirm it? Confirmed. So here's where I'm going with that. That's a problem for me. Um, I like Brendan Fraser in Doom Patrol, which we are going to talk about. But I have trouble when you see the flashbacks of him as the Rob. You know. Um, you know. Uh, yeah. What is it? Um, Ricky Bobby, Ricky Bobby, Walker, Texas Ranger. You know when yeah. he's when he's in that persona, his thickness of his later age, yeah, is really hard to wrap my head around because there's enough of his young body face, his young face, yeah, in his older body. All I do is I see him and I'm reminded of our all of our mortal coils because we're all aging um, too fast. Uh, so I'm having trouble with the the current um, mass 
and density of Brendan Fraser as Firefly for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, we'll see what, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know enough about Firefly. Like when I heard Firefly, I thought of the GI Joe character and I'm like, that's yeah. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. not the right guy. I thought you were like spaceships. Um, <laughs> well, he would so, have been a great black mask though. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I just saw him in something recently where he played a mob enforcer. And I was like, is that Brendan Fraser? And it totally was. What the hell was that? It was great. I mean, he did a great job. It was like a, a minor role, but he was really cool in it. Well, and, and that's well, a good example. Right. I mean, thinking about before it, what launched his, uh, what launched um, uh, this this actor's sort of re, um, reemergence into Hollywood. But think about how Pulp Fiction, yeah. um, you know, recontextualized John Travolta for us, right? And he was a schlub in that movie by design. But he yeah. was heavier, and he had bad posture, and he was schlubby, and and you totally accepted it, right? So I could see if he if he can um, if he puts a lot in if he puts a lot of it, uh, effort into creating a character out of Firefly, then I'm sure I would accept it. He's I like him a lot, and I don't yeah. think he'll he'll slack on anything. And yeah, he's yeah he's getting older, and I I'm really mad that he got booted from the industry for. Oh yeah, the reason he got booted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm happy he's back. Like yeah, call, you know, calling out harassment and being in you know, being ostracized. Yeah, and then and 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 calling it out too soon because yeah. we we get to you know we get to uh, um, you know some years later in House of Cards and all this where you know the people are coming out of the woodwork admitting what happened to them and and these actors are they you know they take a nosedive because yeah. we've we've run out of patience with that collectively or at least if we're not going to be too cynical about it at the moment, I've run out yeah. of patience with it, but yeah, you're right. He got screwed in that regard. Um, you know, what's really funny. And this is an aside to the aside to the aside, but Brendan mm-hmm. Frazier's website. Have you been to that? No. Okay. Um, you might type in Brendan Frazier website into your search engine right now, live and check it out because it is a tour de force. He created it and stopped editing it. Uh, like 20 years ago. So yeah. it is like proto-blog. It's amazing. There's script. There's cursive. Um, there's a little note section where it's like he wrote some little diary journals and it's on a little notepad. He's got some cool photos from a trip to Bali or something. Um, there are helpful links to the World Wide Web on it. It's fascinating and it still exists in all its glory. Oh my God! Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Holy cow! <laughs> what is this? I mean, it's got a little timeline. <laughs> it's hilarious. I love it so much. <laughs> you go to the con, the um. Wow, this month, like. Do you remember is, how we? Like, I had, this is good coding. <laughs> this is pretty solid. <clears throat> when I had, I had that kind of. I mean, I had a number of websites back in the day that were like this. Your links page has all your. Your favorite little links. Yeah. I mean, his links page is hilarious. When you go to it, you're like, "Oh, you'll see." Google, I think, is, is a link. <laughs> it's pretty great. Come to me. It's nuts. So that's a little thing about Brandon Fraser. Okay. I discovered a few weeks ago that I thought was awesome. fascinating. Awesome. Oh, so, and it was yeah. um, the movie. The movie was the No Sudden Moves. The ah, uh. yeah. Not bad. Not bad. Another item from uh, Batgirl news that came out was, well, of course, uh, the Bat, the Commissioner Gordon in the Batgirl movie 
it's decoupled from that continuity of everything else they've been doing because it's J.K. Simmons. So they took the J.K. Simmons commission. What is wrong with you? But they took the J.K. Simmons Commissioner Gordon from the Snyderverse and put him in this movie, but they said it's not a Snyderverse movie. Uh, you know what? I Stupid. DC's, DC expanded universe is stupid. It's just stupid. I mean, I mean, back ending. I'm not thrilled by any stretch that uh, Spider-Man 3 is going to be a bunch of multiversal shit, but I will say, or the way they're doing it anyway, I'm not thrilled that they're going back Wait. to other projects. But Wait. Wait. You did, you saw that trailer and like... Pfft. When freaking when freaking Alfred Molina came out and that nope. and you, were, nope. you nope. didn't get like goosebumps and no one was talking about the fact that there was a goblin lantern on the ground. Yeah. Sure, 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 but, sure. But I Alfred Molina, Alfred Molina. I just didn't want the rumors to be true. Okay. I wanted it to be a MacGuffin because I didn't want them to spin out on a Spider-Man movie and make it sure. this thing. I don't sure. like I don't like the doubling. I don't like the double down of the fourth wall to bring in versions with character with actors playing those versions and bringing them into this i just okay. feel it's too much for me i was willing to accept it in the flash world and somehow because dc i have such low bar for them right <laughs> we talked about this in one of the previous episodes I was, when i was talking to chris i was like somehow i'm more interested in the flash movie now than i was before because michael keaton is is definitely in the trailer and he's definitely a at least the way the trailer is constructed, he's the reason for the movie. Uh, he's yeah. the linchpin. He's the linchpin in the timeline or whatever to hold things together. And I don't ever want. I don't want to watch yellow, yellow symbol Michael Keaton Batman. But I'm yeah. interested in Michael Keaton now. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. old old Michael Keaton Batman sounds good. Yeah. Anyway, I just didn't want any of that with the Spider Man movie. I really wanted Spider Man movie to be. Let's get let's scale back just like they did with Far From Home. Scale back from the from the from the big spacey stuff. Get yeah. it back down to ground level, and make it um, a more self-contained story. Sure. And I was really hoping it was going to be about him and Daredevil. And as of yesterday, okay. apparently, those rumors are true as well, because there was a leaked image that they claimed was photoshopped, but then people have looked at it and have said, "No, it's definitely not photoshopped." You get in close, and it shows. Um, yeah, it shows Murdoch at the table with Pete and <clears throat> Aunt May and someone else just sitting at the table talking about so, his, yeah. So here's the problem Yeah, for Mike's. Here's, here's Mike's problem. No. They have done a really good job of Raimi and Sony up to this point. Like, right. amazing. Like, they've done, it's like, we'll have one villain. Yep. We'll have one hero. Right. Maybe two as a cameo, but just one. You can have shocker, but only for a minute. One story, one story, and we're done. One minute of shocker. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. It's, it's it feels like we've had two movies of Sony being like held back, and this they're like just like all over the place right oh, now. Yeah. It's like, they're everything, like, everything. We put everything in it. It's like Jesus Christ, guys. <laughs> you don't want us to make our oh, silver sable movie. What's that? You don't want us. To, you don't want us to make our silver sable movie. You don't want us to make our Madam Web movie. You nope. don't want us to nope. make our solo Aunt May movie? Well, then fuck nope. you. We're going to put them all in Spider-Man. Do. I don't even want Morbius. I don't oh. want Venom. Venom makes no sense without Spider-Man. <laughs> so, who, Those movies are so stupid. So who among us wanted Morbius, though? Like, who asked for that? Jared Leto? That, 
<laughs> that should be in our who asked for this department. Because <clears throat> frankly, I don't get it. I, I didn't understand why we wanted a Blade movie back in the day. And the only reason we have a Blade movie now is nostalgia for that one. And also, Ali is amazing. But, yeah. dude, I dude. Mean, but Mor Blade is, Morbius? Blade is what we have what we got, which is kind of nice. But they did greenlight it in the first place. But who said, who looked at the paper? I know that a lot of the properties on the Sony side are, well, we got these characters. I mean, we've got Frogman. We better use them. Right. Um, but, but fucking Morbius? And you're right, Jared Leto, I can definitely see him showing up and he permanently tattooed mouth, mouth suckers on his hands and said, look, I'm ready. You know, I can see that. Anyone who doesn't know their their uh, comics Morbius knows that we're in for some nonsense. But anyway. In for um, nonsense. That, that, should be, that should be the tagline for the production studio for the Spidey stuff. In for nonsense. <laughs> in for nonsense. I think you're right. Um, hey, guess what? That's the title of our... Um, that's the title of our episode right there. <laughs> nice. In for nonsense. Um, All right. Hey, uh, it, it's great when people get a little sense of just how this magic happens. Sure. The the, the long calculation about things like the title. Um, we, uh, there you it know, is. You know, my job now is to try and think of something better to come up yeah. with. <laughs> I, 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 I encourage it. Um, the third item in the in the uh, Batgirl stuff was we talked about Leslie. Um, was that Leslie Grace? Is that what I said it was? Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm super on board with that because I like the fact that it's a Latinx actor, but also I thought she was really cool in in the Heights. Did you see in the Heights? I did not see in the Heights. I'm not a musical person. But do you like dancing? Do you like girls? Like, like <laughs> I like girls. Do you like girls dancing? Do you like, like choreographed numbers? No, you like, but like, but like, dance competitions? Yes. Do you like hot, sweaty nights in, uh, in uh, in New York when the power goes out and everyone's got a pressure cooker and then they've got to you know, get out all of their hopes and dreams? And I saw that Spike Lee ways movie. and means. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, I liked it, but I cool. also like I all mean, those things though. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably, I will probably watch it at some point. I just, I don't know. People breaking into song and dance, for some reason, just jars me out of whatever narrative you're trying to tell me. Unless it's like a bard. Are you <laughs> or, telling me that that doesn't happen in your life? If that happens in other people's lives, I, I am super happy for them. That, but no, that's never happened. Like, no. <laughs> Um, you, well, I don't know. People, people t toss a coin for their Tom C's around here, so I don't know. I do have, I do have bards breaking into song in my daily life. It happens. It doesn't happen to you. Sadly, no. You need a bard. You I do need tell, a bard. Yep. That's fair. Tell your significant someone to get off their uh, ass and start um, barding you into rooms and stuff. Even though we're in a pandemic, oh, no, and does, it's just your she own does room. Sing a lot. Okay. No, that's that's fair. She does she does sing a lot to me, so that's that's different. One unpleasant final note on Batgirl is apparently okay. they added two bad boys directors to the uh, to the production. That's not something that I would necessarily advertise. But so I don't know. I think for me, I'm landing on Batgirl news being part of it makes me want to uh, come out of my uh, hatch, but for the most part, not really. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I probably won't. I'll wait for it to come out on 
HBO Max. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, how about some? Uh, how about a trailer ho? You want a trailer ho? Sure. You want a, tra- you want a trailer ho? Did you? S- okay. Did you see the House of Boba Fett trailer? Hell yeah! I saw the House of Boba Fett trailer. I held up twenty four hours before I gave up and watched it. <laughs> I couldn't do it, and I tried so hard. I'm like, I'm not gonna even watch it. I couldn't. <laughs> right, because of course, right. my my Twitter was entirely, you know, sure. why is this another helmet? You know, whatever. And I'm like, God damn it. So, one thing I liked was that they changed from the um, sort of Bedouin robe, yeah, with an armor plate stuck on and too many smiley pies in the belly, to little less belly. And also, they switched the robe to now being like the um, clone troopers have, where it's that yeah. sk- that that open skirt kind of thing that goes around the sides and back, which I think is pretty dope. Um, I think it's dope because it shows. I mean, on on a, on a broader level, it shows his acceptance of the clones yeah. after all his all the crap that he went through in the uh, in the Clone Wars series. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I like the idea that it, it's him trying to, that it's sliding into some sort of Carlito's way kind of thing. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm just going to try to establish some peace and get out of the game. But yeah. They keep, I guess it's not, that's not exactly it. Maybe it's me. Is it more of a Scarface thing? I don't know. I don't know what the the analog is for it in my mind. But yeah, he's trying to go legit, but still run the, run the, yeah. Yeah. He's like, run the combine, but in a. still do this thing. We just don't need to be gangsters <laughs> like the right, world's right. upheaval how about we just chill right i like yeah. that the, yeah. the the common sense and wisdom and them all at the table going like what because i'm always a fan of the get get all of them officers at the table and then give them some un, some some controversial news i love that right right um i like that you're bringing back the different races that we've seen and yeah. i like that you're seeing different characters from uh you know the boat the um from tatooine from uh, Jabba's era, so that's kind of fun. I yeah. I also like the idea that uh, maybe they are not that maybe he takes his helmet off a couple times and people aren't happy to see his face. Yeah, because I yeah. think that's got to be it's got to be a part of the story, as you said about the clone thing. Yeah, um, for people to realize if people realize that Boba's a clone, right? <clears throat> it's like a special these, clone, but yeah, yeah, a sh- showing weakness to your enemy, right? Yeah. A vulnerability, I guess. I don't know. I think that would be interesting. So I and I, I love it, it's going to be great. I love Fennec Shand as a character. Oh yeah, I'm so happy that Mina Wen is. I, I I love her. Like yeah. I think she's amazing. Like I think she's awesome in everything she does. I like that she. It's like she doesn't say no, but it seems like she says yes to all good projects. So yeah. she's, she spreads herself around in a lot of interesting things, and I think it's great. I, so I like the first time I remember seeing her was this this sitcom with Jonathan Silverman back in like the late eighties, early nineties. Really? What's that called? Yeah, she was the so there is there's there, she was like the the wife of this schlubby best friend of Jonathan Silverman who's single, and they were always just kind of oh wow helping him. What was it called? I'll try and find it. Keep going. Okay. The single it was called the single guy. <laughs> now, okay, I remember that somehow, but I don't remember the show itself. Nineteen ninety-five to ninety-seven. Aha! Uh-huh. That long-running series. <laughs> yep. I Joey um, Slotnick. Joey Slotnick was the schlubby husband. Who's that? 
Would I if know you, him? If you pull him up a picture, you'll recognize him, I think. All right, I guess I will. Because here we are. This is how it's going. It's live, live data, uh, data acquisition. So it's the single guy. Yeah. I'm going to regret doing this. Okay, yeah, Joey Slot. Yeah, Joey Slotnick. Oh, boy. So now I'm hard-pressed to think about where he, all the other projects he's in that I know he him He just from. showed up in a in a episode of Leverage Redemption, and I was like, oh, oh I, lo I love that guy. <laughs> Gosh, look at that cast. Mark Moses, Jessica Hecht, Ernest Borgnine, bless him. Yep. Jonathan Silverman. <laughs> Olivia Davo. Yep. It, it, it. Mariska Hargitay. Dan Cortez. Zoe Deutsch. The and it's like an alternate universe where this is a show that happened. Right? Well, anyway, um, here's another item. My beloved Coen brothers broke up. Did you know that? No. I mean, they didn't... It doesn't sound like it was a... It may not even be a permanent thing, and it doesn't. Sure. It sounds quite amicable, but they went in different directions in their interests. They've and been, haven't they really been doing that for the past like ten years? Like uh, trying out different things. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I know that they've had some back end projects that were different, but I never really got the sense that they, until now, that they were like taking, looking at projects and then veering in there. Like, I don't think I'm going to do this anymore but i you always had the sense that they were always going to be together as a team and maybe they yeah. would they would together try this because one of them liked it and then together try that because the other one liked it but that they would do it together and sure. now sure. they decided to veer but what apparently was the tipping point that led to them uh, making those choices uh is that joel conan wanted to go bigger and Ethan was not interested in this and wanted to do something a little bit left field. But what Joel elected to do was film The Tragedy of Macbeth. And it's hysterical that Macbeth, once again, has destroyed something. I, I, well, so you got to watch this trailer because it is everything you would expect and hope for. It is so visually stunning and weird and interesting and haunting. Uh... And I cannot wait. I cannot wait. If it's if it was necessary for them to split for this to happen, I'm like, okay, I'm okay with that. Okay, um, that ma that makes sense. That makes sense. You wanna wanna give it a pause and I'll watch it real quick. Um, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I would never pause the show while you watch the thing. Okay. <laughs> well, wait, so who the hell's McDuff? Wait a minute. <laughs> Macduff is Corey Hawkins. Okay. Corey Hawkman was on Walking Dead and 24 The Legacy. Oh, no. Okay. And Brenda straight Duncan, out of Compton. He's King and, Duncan. He's King and, Duncan. Uh, okay. And, uh, oh, is he? And then Kong Skull Island. And straight out of Compton. Corey Hawkins. All right. So 100% rad, right? How could, yeah. I mean, that's definitely I'm, get out of the hatch for that, right? Yeah. The otters, the otters have me in their bellies. I've already been <laughs> cracked and eaten. Yeah. Um, all right. Hey, would you like a Marvel thing? Yeah, let's do a Marvel thing. Okay. Uh, let us do some, uh, well, there's a couple of things on the Black Panther 2 world that, uh, are not thrilling. One of which is that, uh, Letitia Wright seems to be spinning out. It's not great. 
she was one of my favorite actors in the original Black Panther, and I loved yeah. her character. And first we had all this anti-vaxxing stuff going on, and then there was controversy about whether she is or isn't being vocal about it on set, and whether that's true or not. And then she was supposedly injured, and they had to shut down production, and she flew back to London or somewhere. And then now the thing from yesterday was saying that um, belligerence and refusal to comply with the set requirements for uh, uh, minimizing spread, whether yeah. it's va va vax or not, um, is leading to potentially this being her last thing that she gets to do. Um, and I don't know if any of that's true. The problem is that's so political and that's so yeah. charged that you yeah. can really see that not being the case, right? You can sure. see this not being a bunch of bullshit. You can yeah. also see it being not bullshit because she did post things, um, you know, post links to um, some crack, some crackpots, I think, as well as, so not only did she have a position, which was, you know, question this, which is not necessarily wrong. You should question no. this. Um, but she was posting stuff that was like, you know, intermectin level, you know, crazy yeah. stuff. But then she took it all down again and just said, I'm just saying, consider other things. Okay, fine. Um, it's, but I have still, man, you know, I just have trouble when it's, when it's things that lead to people dying. I'm just, I have a lot of yeah. trouble with that. But, yeah. but again, she could just be a resistant. Maybe she is anti-vax in, in truth. Maybe she's not. Maybe she's resistant to some of the things. Maybe she's not. But it could also be that the, um, the, the, the PR disaster of it spiraled out of control and it's made it a bigger thing than it is. But that's either true. way, that's not good, right? Because even then, that is hard to come away from, right? Yeah, yeah. If you're labeled yeah. a problem, then you're a problem, even if it's unfair, right? So true. that bummed me out because I was hoping for... I was actually thinking this movie was going to be a number of people taking on the mantle, right? Yeah. But I don't know. I was kind of hoping that we were going to see... Um, Shuri for the long run. Um, it would be nice. I don't know. I, I get. I'm, I don't know. So also, Ryan Coogler is developing a Black Panther slash Wakanda series for Disney Plus. I don't know if that's animated or not. Um, but you know, overall, the news on the Black Panther two front has definitely leaned towards um, me not wanting to get out of my hatch. Which is sad because yeah, it's. It's an important series to keep going, in my opinion. Right, and it's and it seems like you have to work hard to fuck these things up. Yeah, and yet, and yet, and yet. I mean, you do, but also, it's not like the system isn't you know set to throw obstacles in your way just because. That's right. That's true. Let's do a couple of quick miscellaneous items, eh? Um, Let's do it. Did you know that um, the three body problem was greenlit for a film? Did you know that? Cool. Did not did you, like it. Did read, read the book? You read, read the book? Them. Did not like them. Huh. I haven't read them yet. Um, Blake was like, pretty, I, pretty hot I on it. I get why people dig them. Like, mm -hmm. I get it. It was just... it. A lot of people are like, oh, the translation's amazing. Like, the translation makes it understandable, but I would not say it was a very engrossing story. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, it's going to be... It's going to be a, a, a Weiss and Benioff production for Netflix. Okay. And that could go either way. But the casting is starting to come out. And there's a lot of Game of Thrones uh, veterans in this. And Benedict Wong is in it. You like Benedict Wong? Yeah. Like, 
I mean, Liam, Liam Cunningham, who played Davos, is going to be in it. John Bradley, who played Samuel Tarley, is going to be in it. I, I mean, Giovanna Depo, who played Will Reeves in Watchmen. Uh, Isa Gonzalez from Baby Driver is going to be in it. Um, I don't know. Anyway, I just think it's going to be, if nothing else, the casting is making me more interested in it. Um, I don't know. So we'll see. So that's a thing. A lot of white people for, a, you know, mm. for a series that's set in China. Mm. Are you suggesting that Weiss and Benioff may be um, not reading the room once again since their confederacy? Because well, I mean, okay, their confederacy project was killed? It does. <laughs> it does. It does encompass the entire world. So it's possible. But I mean, like, some of the major players in that first book are definitely Chinese. Like, a hundred percent. But when you say but, Chinese, do, do you possibly mean also not Chinese? <laughs> because hear me out. I mean, like a scientist <laughs> on a research station in mainland China, <laughs> like under the people's thing. Like, no. Here's I, our special envoy to the research weird station. Future version of it. I don't. You know what? It's been years since I read it, and I really didn't retain much because it was not my favorite thing. So, I read the first two and never got onto the third one. Uh, I will still, I'm going to still, like, either read it or hear it or something, but... Sure, sure, know, no, I, I, I recommend, it is not, it is not something that I think makes people actively dumber, so I'm never going to say don't do it. Mm-hmm. Like, there are some things like, do not watch this, do not read it, it will mm-hmm. make you a dumber person for having ingested it, do not. Right. This is not one of those things. It just... Did not fit to my palate. Would you love, I mean, beyond their general uh, interest as actors and from other projects, but just on the nerd side, do you love Rosario Ahsoka Dawson and Owen Morpheus Wilson enough to be interested in an Owen Wilson and Rosario Dawson Haunted Mansion movie? Because you're going to get one. Now, I don't know if there are a couple going into the Haunted Mansion and, oh my god, the paintings are... Their eyes are watching me kind of thing, or whether they are characters in the Haunted Mansion. I don't know. So we already have a Haunted Mansion movie. Eddie Murphy made it. No. 28 years ago. Oh, I see. Well, like, we really? Doc- we're going to remake that movie? But, well, I mean, we had Doc- we had to remake Dr. Doolittle because the uh, the original didn't have any orifice, dragon orifice... Um, uh, <laughs> exploration do we, do so we have to remake that movie? <laughs> i was a lot more sympathetic i was actually much a lot more appreciative of the of the dr doolittle movie than um i think anybody else who was watching it i actually enjoyed it i watched it three times um <laughs> by the, uh, choice by choice the robert downey jr one that he did after endgame i like, haven't seen that one yet i haven't oh, seen that one yet. i actually think that they swung pretty swung pretty hard and then there's very clearly some uh, some executive meddling at the end because in the end you got him sticking his hand up a dragon's ass. But three, you know, like 80, okay. 90% of the movie is a totally different movie and it's and I actually really enjoyed it. Um, well, okay, that's a thing. Also... Okay, wait, wait, here. Okay. Just going back to the three-body problem real quick. Yeah. So, some of the main characters are Ye Wenji. Yep. Um, there is Mike Evans. Yes. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, yep. she she king, uh-huh. Wang Miao. Yep. Yeah, I'm 
fucking butchering these, and I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> There's not a lot of room for white folks here. What? <laughs> well, there are a lot of the cast members in the in the movie that I didn't mention. I was mentioning ones that we're more likely to recognize. There's actually a yeah, yeah. pretty extensive cast list. So, I mean, there could be a lot of um, there could be. You know, prominent or interesting Asian actors in that list that we just don't. Um, one is helpful. Um, also, uh, what did you think about all the Cowboy Bebop stuff going on? So, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. I, I, I am hopeful. Yeah. I am weird. Like, I have avoided reading anything about it because people get wrapped around the axle. Yeah. I'm really concerned <laughs> there's not an Ed in any, like, in any of the uh-huh. pictures. Like, uh-huh. yet. I, I understand Ed shows up. I remember Ed showing up later in the series. Uh-huh. Fine. But Ed is kind of important, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah, I get you. I'm just I'm amused at all of the um, the clapbacking about um, uh, Daniela not looking like the um, what is it Faye Valentine, Faye Valentine with the with the with the, the I mean that horrible I mean even some pretty um, tall and in your fa- I in your face cosplayers. With some really well crafted Faye Valentine cosplay, have trouble making that thing look legit. Like it doesn't translate. Oh yeah, like who did they expect to like? Okay, no, so, no, that, like that is the that argument is ridiculous. It is <laughs> like that character is not like her her organs wouldn't fit in her body. Right, <laughs> like she right. is not an and the costume correct human. And the costume is ridiculous looking when it's translated yeah. into real life. Hence the cosplayers. Yeah. I like yeah, this like, actress. Yeah. I like this actress a ton, and I like the way yeah. they've translated that design to her. Frankly, yeah. I think what they've done with all three of the main actors looks really interesting. John Cho's hair and his yeah. demeanor in the suit and his kind of swankiness and stuff yeah. um, is really astonishing. The transformation there. I I am I am hopeful. Uh, a good friend of mine is very very skeptical because he's like no <laughs> he's like, no because spike spiegel doesn't try like that's yeah. important he doesn't try he's just kind of there doing things right i'm like fair fair i get your point he's like in john cho while i love john cho is playing a different dude <laughs> and I'm like, which is okay yeah, I'm like, we'll yeah. see what happens. It's it's a it's Elseworlds. It's another yeah, take on I, it. Exactly, like, exactly what I was yeah. going to say. This is an Elseworlds. You just have to accept that it's a different type of product than the product you were yeah. consuming prior. Right. You can and still I, consume I, the other product too. I agree, and I'm like, it's probably not going to be the same thing, brother. I'm sorry. And he's just like, ah, it's, it doesn't look right. And I'm like, I get it. I understand what you're saying. I get it. I'm, but like, I've, I had to let that boat go. Like, like I like I had to let boat go before Iron Man came out because I yeah. was like, all right, look, this is not going to be a story yeah. about the Korean War because yeah. that's not going to make sense anymore. Well, and you, you know, know that's a really interesting point. We um, we started a segment last time, which was um, three a.m. thoughts because it was I was okay. I found myself going back to that like waking up and having either waking up and ra- and randomly adding things to a note to talk about or like things that come to me in the car. <laughs> But, you know, like these really disparate little bits and pieces, and we started talking about stuff like that. And I definitely talked about the fact that I was honestly tired of Iron Man. 
And it's hard to say that as an Iron Man lover, but I'm tired of MCU Iron Man because we got... Hey, come back. I'm tired of MCU Iron Man because we got so much of him in everything and we got Robert Downey Jr. in everything and I felt like I had enough of it and it was time to take a break. And what that made me, that led me to was, like I really enjoyed it for what it was. It was amazing, but I was, I thought it was time, it was time for our Robert Downey Jr. to back away. And what I'm saying is, thinking back to the pre-Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man, the Iron Man that you and I grew up with is the Timothy Dalton style, got, you know, got the little mustache and yeah. is, and what I find interesting is that some of the iron young Iron Men, or I should say the young Howard Starks that we've seen, yeah, are much closer to what sure. I imagined, right? Yeah. What I we saw that. in Agent Carter, what yeah. we, you know, that's a lot more of the vibe that I'm used to. And also, yeah. uh, you know, and, and again, that Timothy Dalton thing, that young Timothy Dalton, younger Timothy Dalton as Tony Stark is a lot more on. Attitude... Mm -hmm arrogance maybe but also yeah. being almost maybe on the spectrum with with how he thinks that's sure. kind of where the the comics version of iron man was that I, when i would imagine fantasy casting that's what i was seeing robert Downey jr was such a tour de force in what he did he recontextualized the character to such a degree that the comics followed suit and now tony stark's constantly doing one-liners and being irreverently robert downey jr in comics and it really has turned me off oh yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's what happened. It's a thing that happened. My thing about Cowboy Bebop, though, is that I feel like, in my mind, I want this to be something where it's um, self-aware and weird and referential and weird. And the initial stuff we saw with that opening credits seemed like yeah. they were leaning heavy into being really, um, really arch about it, really yeah. tongue-in-cheek about it. And then my hardcore shot for shot, which I'm impressed by. Yeah, but then I saw the shots are like that's gonna be complex in a real life situation. Like, well, yeah, but then I saw a chunk of like footage from it, or maybe it was a trailer or whatever, and it seemed a lot less weird and a lot more mm, earnest. At which point okay. I was like, I don't know, you may be losing me a little bit. Okay, we'll so see. I'm kind I mean, of feeling like, uh, yeah, so. One, one mm. of my concerns is it seems like Vicious is going to show up a lot more than Vicious should, mm. in my opinion. I can see that. Like, Vicious vicious should be, like, in a couple flashbacks, maybe at the beginning, and definitely the end. But mm. I don't think we need Vicious as, like, I am the bad guy, because it's like, that's not what this story is about. Agree. Uh, okay. So hey, do you? Um, I think that's a fair amount of newsy news. Do you? Do you? How do you feel about it? Sounds good. Feel good. All yeah. right. So I think that um, when we come back, we're going to talk about a couple of uh, things that we've seen, and we're going to talk about how much we love them or didn't love them. Sounds like a plan. Hold on to your butt. And now for a casually inserted commercial for the buying of products. This is Tom with Wrong Rocket, and listen, I want to thank all thirty-three of you, or three hundred and thirty-three thousand of you, if we're doing this based on algorithms, uh, for listening to the Robot Kraken podcast, and also for supporting Chris of Deeply Dapper and me, Wrong Rocket, at conventions when you've been able to see us. This episode's uh, format is obviously about the issue of the pandemic convention, or the Pandemicon, and 
uh, our lack of attendance, or in particular my lack of attendance over the course of the um, the last 18 months. Listen, uh, what I wanted to offer to you is um, if between now and the uh, convention season starting in 2022, uh, if you want to pick up any of the uh, original art books and tribute art books and wrong robot books that you've seen at the table that I've offered in the past, uh, and you send a message to me, email to me, either you can send a message through Instagram or you can uh, email me directly, uh, mention Robot Kraken and that you're a listener, and I will give you 20% off uh, the entire order of books. Uh, that's not off the website. That's contacting me directly. Um, and uh, most likely I'll throw in some 5 by 7 uh, art pieces as well, just for fun. Just for fun. So, again, you can reach me uh, at minder at wrongrocket.com. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram as wrongrocket. Or you can reach out to me through our uh, uh, you know, uh, Robot Kraken Instagram account as well. Either way, I'll get the message. But if you're interested in such a deal, reach out, let me know, and I'll send it to you, and we will pretend collectively like we're doing it across a convention table, even though we're not, but we'll pretend we are. Back to our regularly scheduled program. All right, so I think we're going to do um, a Marvel, an MCU double feature tonight, right? Ooh. We haven't talked about Black Widow, and okay. we haven't talked about Shang-Chi. Oh, no, okay. sorry, Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi is a vestige from my youth when I didn't understand. And Shang-Chi is my realization that I was saying it wrong the entire time like a dumbass. Um, so let's see. You want to talk about Black Widow first? Sure. Let's do in, let's do in movie release order. All right. So, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to th imagine that it's been such a short period of time since that came out. Because yeah. it seems like now, because this, the story has become... Scarlett Johansson's lawsuit and not whether the movie was good. And there right. was already so much to unpack about the production delay yeah. or the delay between production and release and how bad that affected, I think, people's perception of it when they saw it. But then right. on top of that, you have their, their fuckery about how they released it. And then you yeah. have the Scarlett Johansson lawsuit, which eventually is settled, but also has led to a ripple effect in other things, such as Emma Stone renegotiating Cruella for the sequel and um, and the others that we're not aware of recontextualizing or renegotiating some of their agreements and there have been certain people who have said hey I'm not going to work for Disney now because I didn't like what happened there um, yeah. I for one think that a contract's a contract and I don't care if it's an insane amount of money to you it doesn't matter mm -hmm. if she had a deal mm -hmm. And then they reneged on the deal, and then they tried not to pay her because of that. Right. Um, I think that the arguments of sexism are pretty spot on. Yeah. Because they're not fucking doing that to Robert Downey Jr. True. And her payout on Black Widow was getting into Robert Downey Jr. level monies, mm -hmm. and I don't think it's a, I don't think it's much of an accident that they, they thought that they could um, steam, steamroll on this. And uh, what and corporations are sexist and or racist? I, I can't You're believe kidding it. Kidding me. However, I think the bigger, I think more interestingly though is, you, you know, you and I watching this this thing being produced and then sitting around and then, the, it, this was the poster child of them struggling to figure out what to do with a Marvel movie during a pandemic, yeah. and they had already put the, uh, they already put the, the trailer out, so now they had to like, what do we do? We can't just put it back in the bottle and pretend, you know. So we'll just do another one, and another one, and another one, and it got to the point where I was like tired of Black Widow before I saw Black Widow. 
So when I saw Black Widow, I was delighted to find out that I had a movie there to watch that I enjoyed. Yeah. <laughs> because it was like I came in a little bit like uh, my expectations were that I was tired of it and I saw everything I could. I saw the whole thing in trailers and I was irritated. So um, I, and that's not I the did case. The, I skipped trailers. I saw the first one was like, and I'm done. Yeah. Like, I will, I'm done. I will just watch the movie when it comes out. I am cool with whatever and whatever. Um, yeah. I, I dug Taskmaster. I thought Florence Pugh was kind of awesome. She's super <laughs> awesome. Like, uh, it's, it's funny to think of superheroes having a little sister who is a little sister superhero and just as annoying as you could imagine that being. It's like, why are you such a poser? That was like, I was like, what did you just say to her? Oh, and then the, she did their the dynamic thing, like, was great. Oh, that's that's fair. That's that's a fair assessment. Their dynamic was amazing, and I, I actually was I was skeptical of her um, because I hadn't really seen her in much. I didn't see some of the other projects that she had done. She has a cher- a cherubic face. She does. She um, does. There's a very I want to talk about um, costuming, but there was a very distinct difference between how she was costumed, mm-hmm. which made her look like a kid in ill-fitting clothes as opposed to Scarlett Johansson's fit. Yeah. And I just in the trailers and stuff, I wasn't vibing on it. And, you know, 20% in, I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm happily accepting this as a, as a baton pass because yeah. I will I will watch any and all of the uh, yeah. uh, Pew era Black Widow. And she's already, yeah. she's going to be back on, uh, God, which one is it that they've already said that she's in? She's in is Hawkeye, it? right? Hawkeye. She's in Hawkeye with him, yeah. him, uh, him and Kate Bishop. Yep. Who? <laughs> so excited about Kate Bishop. I love me some Kate Bishop. I um, mean, I mean, I am astonished that Hawkeye wasn't that. I'm, I'm astonished that that's not another um, Shane Black project because at this right? point, when you see a um, sud- when you see a suddenly <laughs> Christmas, uh, everyone's getting beaten up movie. You assume it's going to be a Shane Black movie. Sure. Sure, why wouldn't it be? The last seven have been. It sure looks like someone set out to make a Shane Black movie, doesn't it? It does. So, w- one is hopeful. Yes. Um, Shane Black has a few issues, but yes. overall I love his stuff. Um, yes. Quick, quick, quick aside. But Kate Bishop, so though. I felt, I felt... So, watching the opening flashback set, I guess it was in the 80s, right? Black Widow, yeah. Black yep. Widow. Yep. The young Natasha, like I'm watching this girl and I'm like, God damn it, that girl looks familiar. Yeah. Who the hell is this child? And we're sitting there and Ruby's just slapping me on the arm. And I'm like, what do you want? And she's just like, I'm like, okay, okay. And then after she's like, did you know who that was? I'm like, I have no idea who that child was. That child Ernest Borgnine. Right. Yeah, right? She's like, it's Mila Jovovich's daughter. And I'm like, what? And then I looked at her and I'm like, Oh my God, that's what it was. It's Mila Jovovich in like a, it's like super young Mila Jovovich again. I don't think I knew that. Ever Anderson. So it's it's her and uh, Paul W.S. Anderson. Is it Paul W.S. Anderson that she's married to? It's <sighs> it. Oh my God. And she looks exactly like her mother. <laughs> You've blown me away. I can't not. Oh my god! I can't not see it. 
I know, right? It's once you once you know it, it's like, yeah, that totally is. <laughs> oh my god, that is totally trippy. I did not recognize it in the movie. I did not see that. Well, um, okay. So, hey, uh, talking about that flashback sequence, I thought that was masterful. Yeah. Agreed. You knew. I felt like. Hmm. I felt like you were. Hmm. What do I want to say? I felt like you were from the beginning seeing it as what it was, which was the deep cover family in the United States. I thought that it it read immediately that way. I liked it, but what I wasn't planning for, what I wasn't prepared for, was that they weren't a family. That the whole entire thing was a construct at the end. The walk away at the hangar. I thought that was a really powerful. Um, I thought they were going one direction with it in terms of the family dynamic. Yeah, and then it becomes an abandonment dynamic in an artificial family with yeah. spies that include kids that have been completely conditioned in the first place. Yeah. I thought that said a lot in a very short period of time about how fucked up the Red Room is. Because we've I, seen so many other things about the Red Room and how terrible yeah. it is. But yeah. that psychological principle, yeah. those kids, those kids at that age yeah. had already had the, um, <clears throat> you know, had their, had their reproductive organs removed and had been tortured. Yeah. And, then they were putting in the, put in this position to have this psychological manipulation that they were conditioned about. I mean, I think it's right. I thought it was deep. Yeah, I, I I really dug the opening. One of the things I really dug, which is going to sound super commie of me, but I really dug that every, <laughs> all four of them were like Russia. Like, no, we didn't get swayed by the fucking American dream. We're right, Russian. Mm-hmm. We are Russian operatives. We will stay Russian operatives. Like even after they got fucked by the Russians, like even you know the uh, what the hell is well Captain Russia? What is his real name? The Red David Star? Harbor. Ooh, yeah, but as Alexei. Right? Oh yeah. Well, like yeah, he was like he was still like no, I'm like I'm Russian. Like this is I fight for my country. And, I was, and like, how yeah, badass was that? He was telling stories in prison about how he was once the Crimson Dynamo. And you know, yeah. we're like, hey, hello. <laughs> can we can we pause on that one for a minute? <laughs> yeah, that was hysterical. It was like, what? <laughs> well, but I thought it was neat that the kids were, or at least the younger sister, was getting invested in the American stuff and then yeah, had to snap course. back from it. I mean, they're but, kids, right? Yeah, but like... And it explains I, why Natasha became a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Right? I, I actually feel like this movie, because of the context in which it was released, I feel like it got... It, it, it was unfairly glossed over in terms of some of the complexity in the movie. There's a lot of things they did in the marveling of it. Second, third act that becomes very traditional Marvel movie. But I thought that a lot of that early structure was, was, was critically important in how they set the movie up. And I loved some of the thematic material. I love the fact that they were singing bye bye, Miss American pie, which in and of itself is a, a very um, politically heavy song when you listen yeah. to it. But I love that it became a mantra for the family and then yeah. they used it at the end as well. I mean, I just thought everything about that was amazing. Yeah, no, I agree. There was some really cool coming, like finding family and hardship stuff there. Um, and I liked, and I liked that. Yeah, and I liked that it was an example of where they, they make the narrative um, POV something that we normally consider in the West as the enemy and you make yeah. them a sympathetic thing and then, and you make the Americans the enemy. They did a, right. they, they contextualize it from their perspective in a way that didn't feel heavy handed. 
I believed yeah. it quite seriously. I, I believed it. It felt very much like um, I, I related to that family. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, I, yeah. And, and, and it worked, you know? Yeah. I think it worked too. I know a lot of people don't like this movie as much. The further away from it I've gotten, the more I like it. Yeah. Um, I've, I've seen it three times with the kids now, and uh, I liked it better each time. So, so things I think might be working against it. It's a very, it's a very feminine movie. Yes, and I don't mean that as in like. I mean, no, it has some really great feminist ideals in it. I right. think, and it's, it's very woman centric. Well, it's feminine and feminist, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's feminist in a lot of ways, but also there's a lot of exploring, uh, exploring feelings and identity yeah. and relationship yeah. and self identity. That's all yeah. stuff that is, you know. Yeah. Whoa, it's I mean, a Marvel movie, and we're going to sit around the table and talk about that for 20 minutes? Right. And I'm not, I mean, again, I'm a white dude. I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes here. I'm sure there are lots of really good criticisms of this, and you should go listen to those folks. Um, I'm just saying it might be getting pushback because it's like, what's all this girly shit doing to my superhero movie? Which is like, mm-hmm. shut the fuck up, dude. Yep. Um, also, I know the Taskmaster reveal made a ton of people super butthurt. And I don't. I know, but hurts a bad thing. Uh, I apologize right. for that. Yep. Uh, but like, but it's just like get off, get off. Just go, go somewhere else. Hey, Taskmaster you... is whoever the best assassin in the room is. It's always been whoever the best assassin in the room is. Just because comics always made it a dude doesn't mean it's always a dude. Well, okay, but also it's because modern Taskmaster has a personality, and. Classic Taskmaster didn't have a personality, at least as I remember it when I was younger. He didn't have this sassy, irreverent, halfway Deadpool attitude that the modern comics oh. have given him. Yeah, no. And I think that when you take that away... Yeah. But but you're right. It was definitely not the Taskmaster that people were... Clam- that the fanboys were clamoring for. But sure. I thought in the context of how they framed the movie and what they did with it and the MCU... It worked out great, and I really liked how they worked out the the fight mimicry and all that stuff. Yeah, I was yeah. loving it. Yeah, the um, the so my my first my first introduction to Taskmaster was this it was a throwaway comic. I don't even remember what it was in, but it was the back half of an issue where it was these five people who were assassins all going for the title of being Taskmaster, oh. and they were all like they're all training, but it was like they would just start being picked off one by one in the trainings mm-hmm. for accidents. Right. And whoever, whoever was the last one, if they could kill a taskmaster or had killed the taskmaster, their taskmaster. And right. I was like, this is awesome. What a great way to get a new taskmaster. <laughs> it's um, kind of like ta- the squid games, the squid games taskmaster. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Amalgam. I, I liked certain things. I liked things about the movie that didn't jump the shark the way I thought they would. Like, for example, I liked... Well, okay, so wait. Before I get to that, let me ask you this. When they did the reveal that Antonia was Taskmaster... Yeah. Were you were you surprised or did you expect that? Uh, no, I thought I thought Antonia was super dead. Yeah. I was like, I didn't... no, we had a lot wrapped up in this girl being dead. So I'm, I believe you when you tell me she's dead. In the, but they um... did focus on her a lot for her not to be dead so i guess it kind of makes sense but no i didn't i didn't realize it i you know uh, quite honestly the um the whole you know this whole thing where they showed that flashback of her um making that decision i read it 
completely as intended in that time in the movie. I thought she actually had pulled the trigger. I thought sure. that she killed the girl. And I thought it was a really great example of some deep shit that she did back then that she was upset about. Um, yeah. I, I, so it worked on me. I did not think it was going to come back. I thought it was a thematic thing that's coming back, but I didn't think sure. that she would survive. And I didn't think she was going to be the Taskmaster. I think they were they were successfully broadcasting that Rachel Weiss was going to be Taskmaster until Taskmaster walked in the room. And you're sure. like, wait a minute. So to me, that worked perfectly. Because I was like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. <laughs> That makes sense. I also I also thought that they were pretty they did a good job at what's increasingly challenging in these kinds of movies, not Marvel, but um heisty heisty, trickery kind of movies. It's really challenging these days to do the thing where well all the shit that went wrong, oh but 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 actually it was all part of the plan. Right. That right. most often is a feels like an editing trick or like a cheap a cheap way out. They did it well in this one. Because yeah. I bought them in conflict, then I bought the, the the double cross, and then I bought the triple cross, and I was like, "Hey, yeah. success! It worked." Yeah. Now I really, I really. So one of my favorite things is working in the um, the scent trigger of X twenty three, and I'm like, <laughs> "We're we're like you're play like if you pull mutants in, like you got an X twenty three already teed up, like." So tell me what you mean by that. Oh, okay. So the um, the smell. The smell control, right? That's, so they built they built X twenty three, right? Right. And gave her a trigger scent that if you put if you put it on someone, she cannot she cannot help herself but kill that person. I did not know that. And if it's sprayed, so in one of the in one of the early comics, they sprayed over a town, and she gets oh, wow. close and just murders the town, like the entire town, <laughs> and the and. Yeah, it's just she. She has. It's just a thing. It's it's one of her character. It's one of her character creation drawbacks. You know. Well, that's like, interesting. So that is sort of a backdoor way into the Weapon X yeah. program in a way. And you know, the other yeah. thing is, um, I, earlier when we were talking about the dynamic between the two siblings, yeah. um, I, I, I was going to tell you at the time what it reminded me a lot about is there was a run of the X twenty three comic that I was reading not that long ago. But I really liked the artist and I was following this particular arc. And I really liked the dynamic of an X-23 family. And oh, how it was the one where it's him and her, her and Badger and it's dealing with the cuckoos, right? That whole thing with the cuckoos thing, that, that yeah. whole arc. And so I really like this thing that she's actually irritated to be in a, in a supervisory role yeah. and being conservative against Badger. Um, asking difficult, you know, asking questions that are inconvenient to answer and all that, you know. So I, I was love, getting those vibes too. I love Honey Badger. Like I didn't. Yeah. I, when me they too. first introduced, I was like, God, we don't need another effing clone already. We just got yeah. one. And yeah. then, like Honey Badger's there. I'm like, all right, I was, I was mistaken. I admit it. Honey yeah. Badger's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you feel about David Harbour as Alexi? I thought he did an amazing job, but then he was a stereotypical Russian from when I was a kid. So right, right. But he's it was totally also putting good. up the Cold War Russian, big Russian bad guy. You know, oh, big Russian. Yeah, you know? yeah. But at the same time, they were they were looking at him half the time askance. Like I like that he felt like um, a fossil to them as oh, adults, yeah. and like yeah. there was a lot of um, female eye rolling at him. He was oh, like, yeah. oh, I'm the I'm the father figure. You're not even our father, and you're not the yeah. father figure. And yeah. like his whole and his enthusiasms, 
Yeah. They kind of like, sure. And they really played that dynamic well. Him trying to put the suit on and it's tight. Yeah. Him getting excited to get back in the game, but he's out of touch. I really love this whole thing in prison. Oh yeah. I mean, that was fan- that was fucking fantastic. Yeah. And that was what's his name, right? The guy that he was that he was arm wrestling was um wasn't he the guy that became or at some point at some time was Ursa Major? Mm. I think you're right. So I, you know, I was on, I was totally on board with all of the Alexi stuff. I wanted the Alexi show, frankly, and so I really loved that he was being put into a position where um, they didn't respect him the way he imagined he would be respected, but it didn't wound him. He just sort of accepted it, and I, and I don't know, I really liked that about it because it could have gone the direction that he would be. Um, you know, really embittered by the idea that they're not listening to him, right? Yeah. But instead, he sort of he he read the room and said, yeah. "All right, yeah." Um, yeah. I love I, I love he's giving that speech. It's like, Alex, you don't have an earpiece. We didn't. I I I saw I thought a lot of the helicopter stuff in the prison breakout scene was fun. I liked that. Yeah. I liked some. I liked how some of the um, widows uh, would die in the attempts to capture like i mean people land like that one landed wrong and you know, whatever else and it was like reminders to even um yeah. natasha uh and yelena that you know the shit's real right because yeah we've been playing in the toolbox of the marvel stuff and yes she died in the marvel movie but she's been playing in the bigger sandbox of space lasers and big powers and big stakes that seem sort of unreal and what I wanted out of this movie was more of the Winter Soldier style, right? You know, you know the, the the stakes to be down at that level, and we got we got enough of that that made me happy. It wasn't full Winter Soldier level, but sure. it was close. Now I think the I think we need to talk about uh, Ray Winstone as Drakov. He did a good job in that role, and he was gross and scary and rapey and just disgusting. But wait, um, that was. Oh my god. I thought that was Brian Cox. I don't know why, but I probably did. <laughs> well, it's it is sort of Ray Winstone doing a, a Brian Cox. I mean, I think that that's fair. <laughs> but I I just No, he was Yeah, like he was playing that super creepy rapey dad dude. <laughs> oh god, and his his unflinching, you know, confidence in the room that yeah. no one could hurt him. And that reveal that she had those scent locks and all that stuff was great oh, until so she good. smashed her nose, right? That was great. I just need you to break my nose. You couldn't even do that right. <laughs> <laughs> now, that said, the thing that I struggled with the most was it lost me in scale when we flew up to a Soviet uh, perpetually flying helicarrier. And the because they, they funded a helicarrier... It became big scale again at a time I didn't need it to be, but they funded a helicarrier, and its entire purpose is to be a home base for assassins. It didn't. It seemed like a lot of to do. Where what the script really wants was he's just always he's just so deeply under underground that no one knew he was still operating. That was the scale I expected, and we got unobtainium, massive scale space station, right in in, yeah. in like low Earth orbit. Like it was a lot. No, I, I get it. I. I, I really dug the super spy base. <laughs> like I like it's like yeah wait why wouldn't you have a helicarrier I get it 
<laughs> well, I guess it's just that if it, we were talking about a super secret spy yeah. agency for for yeah. for the Russians, yes. If we were talking about the home for the the whatever they called the Red Guardians, whatever their their, their right. Avengers team was called, you know, that's one thing. But when it's when the entire the entire purpose for it was to hide a really powerful fucking spy master who's sure. sending uh, assassin women around. Yeah. It was like on paper, someone said, how do people disappear? What if they're in the clouds, man? You know, yeah, like, no, I, I, just, I don't know. I like, you know, like, I, I, I wanted it to be a lot more literal. You disappeared because you're so damn good, you disappeared. Sure. Like, you know. It, it did. Treadstone. It did Treadstone go, it did go against the super spy aspect of it. It did kind of move yeah. swiftly into James Bond supervillain territory. And there was a lot of Marvel physics when they're doing combat on falling chunks of space station. Like, it okay, didn't look. feel right. <laughs> Look, look, there's a there's a an actual character made out of vibranium who shoots a laser from his forehead. I, I'm not paying attention to how physics works. I understand, but <laughs> I'm just saying. I will. What I've given credit for is that you had less of the rubbery, the rubbery um, third act fighting that we've had in so many Marvel movies. Sure. This is sure. one of the first because even our beloved Ragnarok has some pretty rubbery um, Hella fighting as Guardians moments. Right when she's true, bending and flipping and doing all you yeah. know, she's doing all these weird stuff. And you're like, where's the axis of balance on that character? Um, <laughs> you actually felt like she was actually pinky landing toe. and she can yeah. move it to her pinky toe. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But I mean, I thought that they actually made the fighting of the humans on those things feel right. Yeah. And I think probably the problem is before I watch this for Christmas, I got Mateo a Switch, and he has Super Smash Bros on it. And right. there's a lot of that sort of like fighting on the levels, yeah. And that and, and that in and of itself took me back to like joust and things from our childhood, and, yeah, and yeah. so like I was in a headspace that was fighting on floating platforms is not good, yeah. <laughs> for for versimilitude, sure, <laughs> sure. But um, okay, uh, I really liked also these little mm. nods. I know that people get really bent out of shape about these going back and explaining affectation, like they people really bitched about Han Solo. We saw where he got his gun. We saw where he got his name and all that shit, right? Um, I like that stuff. I think it's world building. I think it's fun that you have linkages. And so I love this whole thing that Yelena was wearing the jacket that she liked for the pockets or whatever. And then that's what that's what Natasha was wearing in Infinity War and Endgame. I thought it was fucking yeah, great. I did too. I think it was about super the, sweet. I think about the only thing that I couldn't handle with with the Florence Florence uh, Pugh's. Uh, um, uh, presentation in this movie was that in the epilogue when she's at the uh, at the gravestone, she was dressed like a hippie, and I was just like, that doesn't seem to work for me. I don't know where that. I, it just it was not what I expected, and it just didn't feel. Yeah. It felt a little bit too much like like Florence walked out, and less like that's Yelena um, making that choice. I feel like they were right. trying to broadcast that she was going after a vibe of times in her life that she like that deep cover family era. Like she was yeah. going back to a little flavor of that, as right. many young people tend to do, is go back to a stylized version of history in their mind and sure. adopt it. But I don't know; it just didn't really work for me. Although it was interesting that they use that that they are very heavily linking um, um, uh, the Countess to yeah. to be a, a next level power player in the MCU. Beyond the the TV show and bringing her into the movies too, they're really setting up a framework for something Dark Avengers level yeah, shit, her, right? Her Dark Avengers team is going to be weird 
It's going to be a weird team. <laughs> I think it's fucking great. And I just love that they're leaning into it. And I love that yeah. Marvel is now like this argument that the TV shows are not the same continuity as the movies and all that. That's long gone. They're putting the oh, yeah. same people in. Everything yeah. is interwoven between the movies and the shows. And it's yep. unapologetic. And I love it. I yep. love it. So yep. all, overall, I like. Get, yeah. We're going to get Photon in the Marvels. Uh, I know happy. it. So, like, I'm super stoked on this movie. Honestly, I really enjoyed it. Um, Me too. And it was the first movie I saw in a movie theater. Uh, Me too. At the ta- tail end of this act of the pandemic. Yeah. And it was it was my realization that movie theaters might secretly be a really great thing because no one's going. Yeah. And so I figured we got there. It was an empty theater, so it was my wife and I and the kids, and then um, wife and me. And then uh, after that, I started doing this thing where if I want to take the kids to a movie, I would just, because everything is reserved seating now, mm-hmm. I could just keep it keep the plan really imp- improvised and loose, and I go and I check right before I'm hoping to go. And if it's yeah. got a full theater available for reservation, I'm like, I'm in. Let's go. So anyway, so that was Black Widow. Yes, we both liked it. And I have to tell you, watching it on repeat on, at home, I've liked it even more and more and more. Because I think I got away from the burden of this was delayed so long. Right. It's got so much baggage associated right. with it. Um, I will say in repeat viewings, it was ever more obvious that this movie was timed wrong. Like it was not intended to be after. Like that book end at the end of the movie where it's like, oh, there's the grave and oh, what happened yeah. to her? That was unfortunate. But this yeah. movie should have happened in our viewing experience before we saw the end of the phase three marvel because it just it, it would have worked so much better when it was originally what, what, are, you, what are you talking about <laughs> you want you want a movie studio to put forth a female-led action movie and green light it when it should be appropriate get out of here <laughs> what are you yeah. talking about next you're gonna want non-white people in movies ah, I mean, <laughs> the three <laughs> let's make it two bodies because it's easier um uh, okay, all right. So here we are. So now, so on the heels of that, there is another Marvel movie that I saw in the theater, mm-hmm. um, and uh, also an empty theater. Also came with some some previewing baggage and has a fair amount of post viewing ba- baggage, and that's Shang Chi. Some pre baggage, <laughs> some, <laughs> and and, uh, and it's the Legend of Those Ten Rings. So yep. tell me what you were thinking before you went into it versus if I, your experience if, in it. Thought number one. Uh-huh. If Fu Manchu shows up, I'm leaving the theater. Yes, right. Thought, thought number two. If Fin Fang Foom shows up, I'll be super happy. Right. And uh, they got thought, close. And they got close. Got, got real close. Um, thought I still three, think the rings are, I still think the rings are literally dragon rings. rings. Yeah, uh, yeah. Probably. Um, and three... I love Aquafina. Oh, fucking A. Well, so going back to the rings for a second, though. Yeah. Um, I like that they tried to get away from Infinity Infinity Stones mm-hmm. by taking out the taking the ring concept away. Yep. And I like the idea that by making them big, it could maybe be dragon rings. But yeah, one yeah. of the things that my brain, once again, why am I applying physics to things? But my brain was having a lot of trouble with the fact that the ring scaled mm-hmm. as the arm's diameter changes. The rings stayed in places on the arm that yeah. you know they 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 should have been like bangles bangling around on the wrists, which would have been awkward. But they stayed in place, and that just felt like I constantly would see that. And every single time I saw them on the forearms, I was mm. irritated. Like 
I think in my brain, I wanted them to stack and become a bracer. Like, da, 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 da. Sure. Do you know what sure. I'm saying? Like, I think I, I could have handled that better than them spread out. Right. So they I, did not consult I, me about it, though. So there you go. I thought it was interesting that they would shift in size. I was like, yeah. okay, so they are some kind of super high tech, super magic thing. They yep. adjust to yep. wherever. Like, I'm assuming if he if he wanted to put them on his feet, they would work there too. Yeah. You know. Um, well, how how much how awesome was it that the, some of the things that they would do with it were like these. I loved how they they went R type at one point. Remember the game R type? Yeah. Where yeah. you would have pods that would go and circle around Options. you and be a shield system. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. So yeah. I was I was screaming R type in my skull. Yeah, um, no, I dug I dug all the different like the versatility of this tool. And it's yes. that's all it is, is it's a it's a tool. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh yeah. That was great. Now uh, so but going in, so you so um you had read about the story of um, Simu Liu and how he put himself out there and said, hey, Sh- Shang-Chi, you know, I know someone who would be great in that, and me. And that it led to actual um, casting yeah. opportunity and audition, yeah. and he ended up getting it. It was sort of like yeah. one of those, like, that actually happens sometimes? Yeah. Um, I wasn't very, I wasn't familiar with him as an actor before this. I became familiar with him in the lead up to this because of the story of him getting the part, not from any previous experience. And so initially I didn't know what to expect from him right. and how his voice would sound, how his demeanor would be. Um, I actually think it was brilliant that they cast a Chinese American or Chinese Canadian. I can't remember what he is, but they cast an actor who would read as very Westernized Canadian. because it, Canadian. It felt very appropriate for the story. He yeah. was a Westernized hiding in plain sight guy with yeah. this background and he's just trying to be a San Francisco guy. Yeah. And, and, and they then pulled it back he's in. just not yeah. he's not <laughs> and i absolutely love the fact that this movie leaned heavily into we're gonna break into we're gonna bring ancient mythologies and cultural concepts in in on on earth and we're not gonna do the it's all it's all science magic bullshit right they just said actually we do have a pocket yeah. dimension with fucking dragons and bugaboos and three-legged yeah. or six-legged furry face things and yeah, all that. The food dogs were fucking killer. Like everything. I mean, I just love that they just leaned into everything. They just said, ben "Here King, it is." He's like, man, I loved Ben Kingsley. <laughs> like he was. I knew he was supposed to be. Like I knew he was going to be in there, but I didn't really know it until he showed up. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> yay. I, really, I really wonder how much of that was an expanded role. I wonder if they used him as. A, I think he was. I think he was written in as a gateway. Um, sure to bridge the topic of the Mandarin, but also um, that they then found that the chemistry was there or that they forgot that it was so much fun. I've heard it referenced that, well, you get Sir Ben Kingsley on the show and you got to give him something to do. I don't think that's true. I think he started one thing and then they're like, well, actually this is working out great. And so, and so it became an ensemble of him and, and Aquafina and uh, Simu Liu's character. But I, you know, it, it worked great to me. Yeah, I mean, I think they handled the fact that the Mandarin is pretty much a racist character pretty yes. well. Yep. They handled the fact that Fu Manchu is a horribly racist character pretty well. Yep. And took like all these things that have such just yellow so terror, baggage. horrible baggage, and been like, people can be bad from whatever race they are. Right. And they're just and bad also, people. And also... And, 
parents parents and lovers can make terrible 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 choices in their grief right. um right. and be blind to the decisions they're making yeah. this is an this is an example where they took another one of these um mommy daddy dynamic problems you yeah. know and then they and they and they painted a picture that was relatable to me as a father you know yeah. uh, you, you saw all the wrong choices that um that that uh that Tony Lung's character was making yeah but you believed and even as he was and and then you'd see the back end of it you're like oh actually he's a fucking he's a warlord and he's a badass and he's not he's not a nice he's very calm and pleasant right now yeah. but he's actually one of those calm pleasant serious motherfuckers too yeah and then when you see him faced with the reality of I got into the pocket dimension and I'm going to go oh so my wife's behind the wall there was no yeah. way around the fact that he's in willful denial of the fact that this is not right this does not pass the smell yeah. test but yeah. he was so deep in accepting mysticism yeah, he, that he's like, he well, did, yeah. she's metaphorically trapped. She, she metaphorically exists, but I can't not right. embrace it. Like, it wasn't, yeah, I mean, he wasn't poisoned or manipulated or anything. He was no. just fucking in yeah. denial. And it works. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's like, he might have been a good, he might have been on the way to be a good person, but like, yeah, it was, I, I dug, and I understand, it's, Hard to have a villain that you're like, I get it, brother. I get it, but I need you to step back from the edge real quick because you're about to mess up the world. <laughs> like, not just your life, everyone's. <laughs> like, it's, I wouldn't be as concerned if it was just you screwing up your life, but you're about to wreck the world, so please stop. Well, yeah, and, um, and you know, I think that they, it, we've had a lot of stories where, uh, you know, a parental figure makes terrible choices and the 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 younglings are like you know you're making terrible choices and why can't you see it why can't you accept me for who i am and blah blah blah. and there's some sort of realization and then they begrudgingly accept things i mean look at i mean even like big hero six had a really strong foundation in that kind of storytelling yeah what i liked here was he did acknowledge his his mistake yeah and his his way of atoning for it he knew was going to be his death to do that yeah or perceived death presumed sure, death sure. was yeah. i'm gonna give my rings to you now yeah and yeah. i bought that decision agreed and it could have uh, very easily too. with different actors maybe and yeah. a different tone to the way that they presented it it could yeah. have read as uh being artificial yeah um, uh, i really dug yeah. i really dug the whole um yeah no i'm with you brother who abandoned me we'll be heroes together and then at the end it's like yeah i'm taking over this empire i'm good i mean <laughs> and I wasn't that familiar with um, Shailene's character in the comics, so but it, so I was a little surprised by that, um, but not in an unpleasant way. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that 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 reads with what we saw scales. of the character. Yeah. <laughs> it scales. Yeah. I did super love Wong and uh, and the Abomination battling it out in that um, thing. It was interesting. It's hard to imagine why Wong was stooping to that level, but at the same, t after all of the, you know. Maybe he just needs it's practice. Well, I mean, that's it's, what I'm saying. I, I saw it in my I filled in the blanks, and I was like, well, yeah. he got through all the whole in-game stuff. Yeah. Um, but now maybe he does this for fun, right? Like, yeah. Who says that a monk has to be stoic? Right. He certainly wasn't stoic. He was sarcastic. So yeah. he had an opinion about things, so why can't he have a life, right? Yeah. You know? So um, I enjoyed that. I liked, I especially like after in the locker room where they're just both chilling, uh -huh. having tea or something. I was like, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, you had a fight. You're good. Yeah, that that vibe that it's that it's a it's a, it's for the show, right? Which yeah. is another. It kind of does scale with Ragnarok too, right? It had that yeah. had 
had that sort of thing too. Um, oh so, wait, that also that is also a hard, like a hard confirmation. And there've been a, a few at this point that Norton's is a hundred percent. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Because there's still people who are like Norton's is that Hulk still isn't part of them. Like it is. It is. Right. They always <laughs> said it was. Um, but it was easy to imagine that they were like picking and choosing what they wanted from the continuity. But yeah. it doesn't really work that way, right? Yeah. And we got Ross. Ross has been a through through line through all of this. True. Um, so you said it early on, and I have to say that the by far the standout for me was Aquafina. So She's I've so grown up. I've grown to be obsessed with that actress for quite some time. By the time she was in, I liked her in things, but by the time she was in um, Jumanji two slash three right whatever it is in jumanji yeah, I, haven't Lines, seen the new, I haven't seen the newest one okay well she's in that one and okay. there's a lot of things that make that movie fucking awesome okay but she's a big part of what makes that movie fucking awesome so cool. i like her and i like that she plays um different types of roles i like yeah. that she's played some serious roles she's played some the wise the wise ass um friend role i like that this movie flirted with her as a female lead um that could be a romance um consideration but i also like that the movie didn't go there yeah agreed i mean like yeah i I really dug i really dug the two slackers just kind of coming in through their own it was really nice it was fun and i think that they were leaning a little bit into it when that she shows up when they're in the pocket world and she shows up in the robes that they gave her and she's yeah. got a little, her hair's down and she's gussied up a little bit. And he's like, well, hello. And she's like, what? Like, I, I acknowledge what they're doing is they're just, they're leaning way into it and saying, yeah, she's not just the wacky sidekick. She can yeah. also be a female, you yeah. know, a, a romantic interest if we want to, but also yeah. she doesn't um, get neutered in her personality all of a sudden because they're doing yeah. that. It was still yeah, her. Nice. And they yeah. played that very well together. I also loved, we saw it in the theater, in the trailer, but. I love that when he shows up for the, for the for the ring battle, yeah. uh, that she's like, "Oh, something happened to your sleeves," you know, like, <laughs> "Oh, something happened to your shirt there," like, she's so, she's so goddamn great. I was just falling out of my chair at some of her yeah. commentary on him stepping up into this kind of position in this image, and she's like, "Oh, really?" Like, it's really good, but like the entire movie was this whole thing, and my favorite part of it that i go back to is the san francisco stuff and the bus stuff yeah because that was fucking i like it because it's san francisco but i liked it because it was them in the real world dealing with that shit and trying to trying to and i like that there was um net effect to it like i liked that it was smashing the shit out of a bunch of stuff Mm -hmm. as these san francisco scenes do and it ends up sideways behind a some uh, like a garbage truck or whatever it is and they're at the scene having to talk about it with the authorities. Yeah. Like, I actually appreciated that for once. Yeah. You know, where was damage control? They're supposed to show up any minute. You know, right. like, like I love that there was just some some acknowledgement of the fact that A, there was fallout, and B, they're just a couple of nobodies that are having yeah. to answer questions about it. Like, I yeah. love that. I let some dude with a freaking sword for a fist come after me. Ah, it yeah. was weird. And I also did appreciate, while I was watching it, I thought, this is a fun inversion on speed. Because... <laughs> She's there, dry, she's riding the, she's driving the bus, and she's like, "I got this, girl," you know, grinding it against things. Yeah. Like it really worked for me. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, you, you could, no one who's taken the bus in San Francisco 
over the years as it was on a double extension bus with the accordion has no one has sat in that seat in the accordion and not thought about that thing coming apart um, oh yeah what it would be like and so i've spent a lot of time sitting in the accordion seats and i thought oh my god i'm finally seeing what i always imagined right <laughs> every day every day coming back from freaking trapeze i was like and i'm not standing in this section <laughs> so uh florian montanu as razor fist First of all, they made a rad a rad uh, movie version of fucking Razor Fist. But also, having seen enough of The Expanse, yeah, it was impossible not to see him doing a cosplay of Amos from The Expanse. Because... Uh, yeah, I'm blanking yeah. on his name. But, you know, um, the actor who plays Amos yeah. has so defined the look and the tone... And it just feels so much like you're looking at Amos's brother or something. Like it just sure, yeah, no, they do have very similar West 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 Chatham or something or Chatham Chatham. I don't remember. It's C H A T H A M. Is that yeah. Chatham or Chatham? Oh, it's whatever. Yeah, it's whatever we want it to be, buddy. Um, yeah, and they look like I'm looking at pictures of both of them side by side now. Yeah, they could be brothers. Yeah. So I just easy, kept looking easy. at him and thinking, my God, it's just, why couldn't they have just gone for the real thing and gotten West? But anyway, um, uh, also, uh, I really loved the costume design. Is it the Death Dealer is the name? Yeah. yeah. The head of the, the, yeah. the head of the, you know, he was doing the training early on. And yeah. then his, I mean, those sequences on the scaffolding and yeah. all that stuff, the scaffolding stuff was amazing. Yeah. Talk about where Black Widow made falling onto things feel a little like the, the physics felt hard to swallow. This yeah. made it feel very, they were still lighter than air and doing all these wonderful, yeah. uh, you know, uh, ch uh, Chinese martial arts cinema conceits, mm -hmm. but they made it feel really grounded in gravity to me. I mean, I grounded yeah. in gravity. I no, I, I, yeah, it's, it, it was a very solid martial arts sequence. Like it oh, was good stuff. Um, and I just love really that surprised. costume. Really surprised he just got freaking nuked in the in the last fight. I was like, oh, that was unexpected. I expected to do something. I but just, it, yeah, I did like. I, I, I love the look like, of it. We're all on the same team now. Got it. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it's like we've got new orders. <laughs> yeah, I was a little bit so I really appreciated the fact that we got away from the Bruce Lee imagery with Shang Chi's affect. Yeah. yeah, but I but I did also feel like the costume design for him and his sister in the third act when they're given their uniforms yeah. and they have they're, they're playing with some dragon scale motifs but they were very in the p deeply patterned dark leather tunic mode that I think we're getting a lot of and I yeah. think I could have I saw ways in my mind a, a simpler more um, dramatic reinterpretation of a modern version of references yeah. to um, imagery from Chinese costume history. Do you know what I'm saying? Sure. There's a yeah, lot of nods sure. in the costume design that they're trying to go in a lot of places with those looks, but they're also taking them all and sandwiching them into the legacy of the X-Men movies, right? It all has right. to be, no matter at the end of the day, it's all wound into a tight leather, uh, you know, textured tunic and you know i kind of wanted a little more eh, something something different the other thing is yeah. they wanted uh room for you to see the bands on him 
So they purposely gave him a shirt or tunic that ends at the elbows. Yeah. Which yeah. reads so badly as dude, bro, rolling up the sleeves all the way up to your elbows. <laughs> and if and as long if you don't have a cool, heavily pomaded beard, some tattoos, and you're wearing a, a collared shirt with maybe a, 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 a like a karat. What is it called? Um, a a cravat. cravat. And also, and also you have so, to have a, a dealer's, you have to have a dealer's band and then you have your sleeves rolled up. If you're not doing so that, you're, you're not doing it right. You're saying all these things as if that makes it okay. And I'm, I'm saying not sure any of those things way, anything okay. <laughs> it's the only way you can have the rolled up sleeves all the way up to the elbow is if you have all those other things in sequence, at least then it's consistent in the look. Uh, okay. Anyway, so anyway, I have some props. Now, I love that they lean into all the the creatures. I love that we got a good dragon. We got the water dragon, which was fun, and then we also got the um, we got the 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 antagonist dragon. That was that was fun too. So the antagonist dragon, it's just a deviant, right? We're right. just we're just calling it a deep. We're just going to call it a deviant at this point. Well, I don't know yet because I haven't seen Eternals, and I haven't, I haven't seen, seen the degree yet, to, I haven't seen the degree to which they're going to lean into the the deviants just being monster forms or not but yes it's sure. obviously linking to other things and at the yeah. end of the movie so they're also referencing the whole um that that uh space the space dragon race right right that fin yeah, fin fin is yeah, popular. Yeah, yeah. but at the end of the there's a, there's that stinger at the end of the movie where um where he and so we had the thing where he and aquafina are yeah. um uh, katie are telling those same uh, douchey San Francisco friends, like, well, anyway, so this is what happened. And they're like, what? And then yeah. they get summoned, by, yeah. which was fantastic, like, later, yeah. guys. And yeah. then they step into the portal, and then we have that little stinger where they're sitting there, and Banner and Wong or whoever the hell was, else was there were talking about, like, hey, when you activated your rings, it created a pulse, which created yeah. a... there's a, It was a, a call send thing, and now something has heard it. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. The big vague something's coming. Yeah. Like that, just fine. Yeah. I have one question, though. After Endgame, Banner, something's happened with Banner. Because at oh. the end of Endgame, he was still Super Hulk. It was a, he was Smart Hulk. This has been explained somewhere. Oh. I just saw an article about it. And he um, has his arm in a cast still, too. Yeah. But I, I don't remember what the reason was, but there is a reason. So, something has happened somewhere, and I can't remember where it was. But... Is that leading to uh, World War Hulk? Are we going back? Are we are we splitting them up? Because not World War Hulk, Planet Hulk. Is it Planet Hulk or World War Hulk that we're gonna? That Planet we're gonna... Hulk. World War Hulk is after Planet Hulk. Right. So um, it's Planet Hulk that we're we're leading to. If they're split, in other no, words, in Planet Hulk, Banner's just in him. There is a point oh. that they split. But I don't remember why. I don't. Was it World War Hulk? Maybe. Well, World Hulk is right after Planet Hulk. All because the Illuminati charm in space, but yeah, yeah, right. which they stole that same reference in Avengers and sent him into yeah, sent him on the Quinjet, so they can't kind of reuse that. But um, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. I, I want I wondered what that meant, and it was very I was very fixated on it in that scene. It's like all I could think of was what the fuck. Yeah. So okay, wait. Marvel confirms why Bruce Banner is no longer Smart Hulk. Um, because we've forgotten stuff. <laughs> right. Uh... Oh, okay. Um, so 
the the quote is I think in terms of timeline, we just lost Tony, we've lost Cap, Natasha's gone, Hulk is currently working on himself, I think, and trying to make himself more human rather than smart Hulk. So I think the Avengers were just all pretty busy. Okay, that's why the Avengers weren't there. But they didn't really explain why. Why was he permanently smart Hulk in Endgame? And now he's... There was no suggestion that he was... There was no suggestion in Endgame that he was choosing to be hulked out, but was just smart. Right? Right. Yeah. So, so I don't know. I think they're dodging it because they didn't really... I don't know that they even have a plan yet. But I think that they were just like, well... But it could go a couple of different ways. I don't know. So, anyway... I liked it, and my kids have my kids. Not we saw it once in the theater. It's about to go to Disney Plus in a minute and a half, yeah. And so yeah. I, I bet I'm going to be seeing it a lot more. Um, and I think on I think on repeat viewings, I'm going to continue to be interested in the front half of it before more than the um really miss the mystic third act sure. because sure. I'm yeah, just where my interests lie is going to be more yeah. of that. But I really appreciated the world building of the third act and the design work that was going into it. Also, yeah. buddy, uh, we didn't talk about this yet, but I really, really, really liked the ever-changing maze to get to. That was a cool visual, especially when I always want to call it like all the. I I, I want to call it Kunlun, and it's not. What is the what is the pocket dimension called? I don't remember. Okay. I am not the world's biggest. No. Um, but uh, master of martial arts fan. Right, but I love, but I love the idea that it, I just yeah. love the idea that it's an impossible place to find because yeah. there's no path to get to it because the paths are always changing. I love enchanted forests. I love the, that kind of motif. So it was super fun um, to see that there was like a certain time if you did it just right, you could straight shot. You know that was fun. Talo, Talo, T A L O. Okay. Oh wait, no, those are the guardians. Oh yeah, no, Talos guardians. They're, yeah. And, and I and I bought that they would let them escape to follow them to get there. So oh yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, it all made sense to me. Um, the the I, and I saw a lot of criticisms about like, oh, there's a bunch of hand waving to make things happen the way they wanted to. And I thought, no, I thought it was pretty consistent. It was very linear. He told them all the stuff. He said, hey, join me. Oh, you're not going to yeah. join me? Well, I sure hope you don't escape. Yeah, that would be terrible. And I also really did like the idea that uh, Trevor Slattery had this mystical friend. I was like, oh, you could see him? Like, he was so blown on drugs and then all of the, uh, you know, all, of, all just being tortured for so long and just being so trapped for so long that he just assumed it was an imaginary friend. <laughs> I just, yeah. And, you know, it's always fun the conceit that someone can talk to a thing uh, like droids and whatever else and sure. they can hear them and I can communicate with them and you as the viewer don't understand what they're saying. I like that a lot. I did... When he was playing dead, I was like, they better not have killed him. He's hysterical. <laughs> I was like, no, brother, just play dead. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're not involved in this fight. And then the little guy just... Thunk. <laughs> well, and I love that because I've always imagined, since I was a kid, I always imagined what you would do when there's like, you know, uh, you know, it's a war or there's a murder on, you know, a shooter on the loose or whatever. I'm, I'm afraid to say that that seemed a lot more fantastical when we were kids than it is in the present day, but... I, I I always thought that well my game plan would be play dead, <laughs> right? Right. And anytime I've heard in real life, or now in seeing this, anytime I've seen validation of that as a strategy, um, I, I, although I will say that we've seen imagery both in movies and in um, reading about in real life that um, you know they do go around and just 
and tap, 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 tap all the wounded yeah. to kill yeah. them later. So your yeah. strategy only works if you're assuming that they're moving past you in a wave. But yeah. if they're going to come back, they're going to come back around and finish everything up and do some cleanup, you're screwed. Yes. So. Well, yeah. So yeah. Chang-Ti. So two, two Marvel movies back to back that I thought were very successful at what they were trying to do that were... Sure. They, they both were slammed as being way just the Marvel formula again and why can't yeah. they do anything different? But I thought contextually each of them did try something very different. And if I was an Asian American, or frankly, if I was an Asian anything viewer who liked Marvel, who liked big budget um, uh, Western movies, uh, to see so many things um, that might look like me or yeah. might make references to things that I heard that I know of from other mythology. I mean, I think that they did a pretty damn good job. Uh, I think it is a good first step. Well, they got what's the second step? Because we also had their version of Mulan, which had strengths and weaknesses. But again, if you're a young, you know, again, if you're a young Disney fan and you got to and you were of Asian yeah. descent, you had two movies in the course of a year that were a, a largely Asian cast, sure. playing sure. with uh, either historical or mythological imagery that was not Western. I thought that was fucking great. Three, because there's, well, actually, no, I'm not going to make that one, because that one was, so I wanted Raya to be better than it was. Also another Aquafina project. Well, why um, did you think it, you thought it needed to be better? So you didn't like what they did, huh? I, I liked Raya, but I mean, can you tell me what tradition that came from? Because it looked like they said, and Asia. And I'm like, that is well, not one people. That's true. They did have a whole lot of um, uh, Lego Ninjago in there, which was yeah. good, like, homogenize it but at the same time they did play with the idea that the different tribes were almost like different different sure. subsets of different asian mythologies which was kind of cool but yeah you're right they could have but then again it, airbender, it, airbender does the same thing though it's it like does, well we're gonna he, i'm and I, i'm agreeing with you i'm not saying airbender doesn't and yeah they are just both like sure we it is it is like look asian mm true <laughs> you have made an asian like thing maybe we should take the next step now <laughs> well okay but i'm gonna challenge you a little bit on that a lot of our western um fantasy as well as mythology is rooted in variations on and mutations on some fundamental stuff so a lot of the our spinner so this is weighted because it's Western projects, even though there's a largely uh, Asian writing, production, and acting component to it, it's still Western projects that are playing in the toolbox of cultural appropriation. So we got that. Yeah. yeah. But but the concept of taking some real um, Chinese mythology or mythology from different Asian countries and then giving it new names and squishing it in a blender and saying, here's a new Asian-ish thing... Um, yeah, it, it's a red flag a little bit, but at the same time, that is still also what we do with all the Western stuff. It is, but it is also in who's making it, I think. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, think if if it were a bunch of people who grew up with that tradition blundering it, cool. If it's always like, I read a book. Yeah. Not as cool. Well, so Shang-Chi had an Asian director, which was... Yeah. which was which was nice to see and there was a number of people in the writing staff that were um people sure. of color so i think that that um manifested a little bit in some of it yeah i don't know anything about the shang chi bit like if that mythology matches up at all 
Well, but I think, but I think that there were some valid criticisms of Rye that were that it didn't read that it read as white people in a room picking and choosing from things they saw on on oh. uh, Wikipedia, as opposed I could kill to by that. Yeah, yeah. It did. It did feel that way. It didn't feel like it was being written. And I, but we could be talking out of our ass. Maybe there was yeah. a heavily. I, um, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I yeah, just, maybe, maybe maybe it was rife with with creators of color and people from uh you know parts of the world that have a direct tie to some of this stuff. But it didn't right. come off that way. It felt very Disney. It, but then again, well, that's a theme with a lot of Disney stuff lately. For several years now, they've been dipping into other, you know, and it's like, is this good for, or bad? Well, even though even though they're so Moana, yes. for as much research as they did, there are still issues with it. Sure. From from a mythological standpoint. Right, just just yeah. because it's because yes. you're taking somebody else's thing and making it western. Right, it's the same. It just seems like there's a lot there's a lot of information about how much research they did for that. Right, and then other things are just like, and we read a book, and it's like, okay, I mean, I agree, but right. I mean, I think that you could see. I think at a lot of these projects, they see you could go go at it from two different directions. Like, there's a lot of <clears throat> I've talked to. And read about, but I've talked to directly um, a lot of people of um, island descent of various sure. types that yeah. saw Lilo and Stitch and Moana as being critically important because they may they were dipping into mythology and references and sure. things that, uh, in the latter case, but also in both cases, giving us something other than um, a blanched waif as the character that we're supposed to look at. Right. In the people that look like me perspective, there's ver- mm-hmm. there is some, but then there's also the blowback, like, hey, not all Polynesians look this way, yeah. and not all Hawaiians look this way. So and don't like don't it, please, please don't take anything I'm saying as we don't need representation because I want representation. Like I want right, I want everyone who's out there to be able to see something and be like, oh, I recognize this. Like right, I, I feel like I could do this thing. Um, well, and and I think that, but I think that as we get more comfortable with more um, <clears throat> people who should be involved in these productions being involved, yeah. and we have more, and and we see these companies becoming more comfortable with leaning into things, not all just being a bunch of white people um, on screen, animated or otherwise, or we get in more the di- room or directing. Yeah, then you're going to see process. more because what we need more, I think, is which is a legit complaint is I think we need to see more diversity i think that um the luke cage show did a good job of showing you a diversity of of african american voices as characters you had different types of people being represented in his life in the barbershop on the street as the villains you had very wealthy power players you had people straight out of the streets you had different um uh, degrees of uh you know afrocentric Afrocentric uh, culture versus, you know, gang culture versus all this other stuff. I think they did a really good job of blending in a lot of different character types into that yeah. show. And right. I think that's really, that's almost as exciting to me as what they did with Wakanda, where they say, yeah. how about we throw it all out and we just make Afrofuturism and we go neck deep into it and look at all this stuff. That was really cool too. Speaking of Afro- Afrofuturism, uh, the Oakland Museum has an Afrofuturism exhibit right now. That's amazing. Oh, really? It's really good. So you've been to a museum? Mm-hmm. 
I, I don't just mean uh, after during the pandemic, but like in, in your lifetime. <laughs> I have to. I'm just saying. As yeah. modern Americans, we're supposed to be like museums. What are those? I'm old. We got we got Disney Plus. <laughs> I, I grew up, I grew up three hours away from deep from uh, the Smithsonian. So yeah. I mean, that's I a like thing. the museum. <laughs> oh my god! When I went to um, when I went to Chicago and I and I got to go. And I waltzed in there, and all I wanted to see was the Hokusai exhibit, and all the pieces were in storage. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm so sorry. My whole life I wanted to see these, and then they're in storage. That's the first moment I... That's before I even learned about museums paying for questionable shit, and private collections, and all the politics, and all the other drama that goes with with museum patronage and all that. That was my first heartbreak in a museum experience, was finding out that they had more stuff... Then they have room to display it. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, it makes sense when you think about it, but yeah, but sad. It is sad. Anyway, I thought that the, I thought both of those were were swings that were successful, and I enjoyed. Yeah, them I I didn't. I I do not. They are not going to go down as my favorite Marvel movies, right. but they are nowhere near the bottom of the list. Well, and, and I'm, it'll be interesting. I'm really curious to see. I'm going to see Eternals this weekend. I take my son and all of his and some of his friends to a little birthday party, and we're going to do that. And I'm going to try to go with me this weekend. Well, you know, I'm just very curious because I know very little about the Eternals. It was not my bag in Marvel. Yeah, and like Guardians wasn't my bag at the time. Um, Eternals are especially not my bag, but <clears throat> you know, it's being slapped around. And from a lot of the things that I've read, for all the reasons that I would actually say, oh, good. So right. a lot of the criticisms I read sounded like bullshit. So I don't know. We'll see. So the current Eternals writer is one of my favorite, and I don't want to screw up his name. Um, Too late. You did it. And I'm probably going to screw it up. Uh, so it's Kieran. Uh, it's oh, Kieran yeah. Gillian yeah. Uh, is yeah. the current writer of the Eternals. Fantastic. It is a fantastic read right now. Um, Didn't he do some Guardians at some point? He's bounced around. Know. He's done some different things that were really so, good. He's done uh, a thing back in the day called Phonogram, which is about yep, yep. like bards, which is modern, like modern kind of DJ bar. It was uh-huh. great. Um, the Wicked and the Divine, which is one of the best things I've ever read. Mm. Um, and right now he's doing a series called Once in Future, which is about Arthur coming back to England. Mm-hmm. And the, the saying is, you know, um, in the time of England's greatest need, Arthur will return. That doesn't mean he's going to come and make it better. It might mean that he's going to come and make it the time of the greatest need. <laughs> right? I so, remember you maybe talked about this before yeah. or I've read about it because that sounds yeah. really cool. Yeah, it's a great. He, I really, oh, he also wrote a series called Die, which is about um, being sucked into a role playing game, um, which just ended 20 issues, like the Die. Beautiful. Oh wow. Yeah. He's great. I I highly recommend reading anything he's ever written. So I thought so didn't he also write that what did he write something called like the East Enders or the something and it was very it was play, it had like scooter culture. Let me see. Oh, no no no. Um that's the the Dead Beach or the outside. That's written by um the artist from The Watchmen. Hmm. That's written by, um, wow, I'm feeling old now. What's his name? Yeah, I've lost it too. I feel terrible. 
He's the one who's been spent his entire career having to explain uh, Alan Moore to people. Yes. Right. Dave yeah. Gibbons. Dave Gibbons. Yes, it's Dave. It's Dave Gibbons stuff. Yeah, that, that's his series. It's also good. It's that's a, a decent book to read. So, uh, one last thing I was going to mention before we wrap up the movie segment. Something I okay. I nodded to in Black Widow, but I forgot to follow up on. It was just these, you know, reading a lot about um, costuming, and. Uh, and of course, that's, I mean, when we talk about Dune, it's all we're going to talk about. But like, um, they made a very no, deliberate no. choice. We're going to talk about those spaceships too. Yeah, we are. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. But I mean, amazing. my post my post movie watching experience has been reading about uh, costume design. So, but with Black Widow, what I was reacting to in the trailers was that um, Yelena was in a bunchy suit and right, right. Natasha was in a fitted suit and how it didn't feel right and something didn't seem. It, it it's it felt like they had they had fucked up Yelena's look because we're used to Yelena in the comics as being another you right. know in another sort of fitted yeah. outfit and kind of yeah. sexy sexy um, assassin type. Well, <clears throat> they talked about how it was very deliberate choices in a lot of the costuming across the film, but one of the things so actually even Rachel Weisz's version of the of her costuming is a little bit different too. But yeah. specifically in in contrasting those two widows. Yelena's was tactical functional and Natasha's was fitted because a fitted look because of spending so much time in the supers world. And that was kind of the idea as they were trying to yeah. show that they had veered in their focus, that Natasha was like playing at being a superhero and Natasha right. and then Yelena's been like, no, I'm a, I'm a black ops type assassin. Yeah. Type. Right, and right. they were leaning into that visually and how they looked. Um, it doesn't explain why the um, pauldrons on Yelena's suit just always felt glued on like a bad, uh, yeah, like one of the Iron Man armors I don't like, you know, like they yeah, just didn't yeah. work to me so well. But I, I like that it was a very deliberate choice. And the only part of it that I'm not sure how I feel about in that, I appreciate the duality there. But then they dressed all the other widows very much like a Natasha widow. So yeah. then it's more about Yelena choosing to be more practical and less sexy yeah. times, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. But it was yeah. deliberate. And I, but I thought it was interesting. I am I am interested to see how many of the widows once broken from my control are like, fuck it, I'm not going to help anybody. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, so, I, have, I have a bunch of skills that make me very, very rich if I use them. <laughs> a certain set of several skills. <laughs> Uh, exactly. with our, you know, we do wrap up with a couple of segments, um, yep. plan plundering and rum fueled recommendations. The former being what we are looking forward to consuming. And then the latter being what we are consuming and want to recommend. So Mike on the plan plundering side of things, are you planning on cons Okay. Get it right out of the bag. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, let's go with. Yeah, let's do this one. All right, so um, someplace far away from here is written by um, Boss. It's Boss and Rosenberg. It is so I've read the writer's other book, which is called Dead Dogs Bite, which was amazing. Four issues, small town, weird mystery of a missing friend, amazing book. Um, 
this is of course the uh variant cover from my comic book store like it's variant covers oh, yeah. of their own design um but this one looks like a bunch of kids like a gang and something is just slowly moving people out of town and i'm like what is like i expect i expect another just bizarro mystery that when you get to the end is like oh you really shouldn't have solved that one your life was way better off before you knew what was going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm uh, looking forward to, to reading that. I am also looking forward to making more. Um, so I've been working on a new, uh, on a new platform for role-playing games called one more multiverse. Mm-hmm. Um, it is kind of a 16 bit design, all the stuff in a three dimensional world for your players, make your own character sheets, an amazing system. I highly recommend everyone look into it. Um, if you, especially if you do online role playing, like most people have been doing in the pandemic, it has a ton of very versatile. Um, just you can import your own art. Like it's amazing. It's a really and cool a, thing. Right now it's, it's in a, beta test, and it's so, a toolkit to be used with any uh, system. Any system. I've made character sheets for at least ten different systems at this point, and. Wow. I have to talk to you about this uh, offline a little bit too, because you know, obviously, we have oh yeah, a 100%. lot, a lot of overlap with some things that I'm doing on Posthuman that that might be interesting. Yeah, and yeah, like you can, it's yeah, I can show it to you. It's all right. Yeah, easy because I'm in the beta, so and, and I have access to all the DM stuff, and I can show you DM stuff. And what what is it called again? One more multiverse. Three words. Uh, okay, cool. All right. So for me, I'm planning on reading if if uh, November 30th. So it's a stagger. It's a sliding release date. It's supposed to have already happened, but uh, Leviathan Falls mm-hmm. by James S. A. Corey. The last book is was supposed to come out on the 15th, and they got bumped to the 30th, which kills me. But uh, and also I I mentioned this on an earlier uh, recording, but I checked Amazon at one point. I was like, where is that book? When is that coming out? And I saw. It came right up as a recommendation, and I'm like, "Holy shit! I had a, I thought I pre-ordered that. What the fuck?" So I ordered it, and it came, and it was actually the 20th anniversary edition or whatever of Leviathan Wakes, but with new cover, new art, different color on the pages. I'm like, "Damn it!" So I returned Sorry. it, disappointed. And yeah. anyway, so I'm still waiting for my pre-order, which now they say November 30th. But I'm planning on consuming that rapidly when it comes. Also, I'm planning on finally getting to the Squid Games which I have not watched, but I have read too much about. Um, and I still am arguing with people like, do you not understand Battle Royale? But anyway, it doesn't matter. And then Battle Royale with really good color uh, color theory and really great uh, uh, costume design. Um, it's and then fi- different. I know. It's and then different. finally, finally, um, actually Blake and his wife and his daughter came to Halloween, as they always do for us. And yeah. they were all Squid Games uh, uh, costume set. Nice. Their daughter not having seen it, but all the kids knowing about it. You know what I mean? Sure, sure, yeah. But the mom, but the mom and the daughter were the pink uniform with the helmet, and then Blake came as the black robed, whatever. Um, sure, sure. Yeah. So no one was the robot girl. Um, I offered to be at the last minute, but it didn't really make sense. Uh, and then finally, more. what's that? Have, okay, go ahead. I have oh, one oh, more you, when you're done. Oh, go ahead. Tell me what it is. Um. So I plan on reading the 
prequel novelization of the new upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy game, which releases, I believe, oh. next Monday. Written by my friend, M.K. England. Oh, really? Yep. Wow. So I highly recommend, highly recommend reading all of their books. They're amazing. Um, the Disasters and the uh, uh, Spell Hacker, super fun books. Um, good YA stuff. Um, good if you're not YA, too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm super looking forward to their their take on the Guardians. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. My last uh, my last plan plundering, of course, is the imminent release of Stranger Things Season 4. Cannot wait. Do love mm. it. Mm. Do love it. I, I don't know anything about this season, so... Did you watch the trailer? No. Mm-mm. Okay, nope. I won't say anything. Well, they, they, once again, they're playing with a trope. Um, yeah. And it's sort of a young, you know, like getting older... Uh, you know, yeah. struggling in your teenage years kind of trope. Yeah. And it was a, it's really nice to see that they're lean, they are uh, acknowledging that time has passed and these actors are growing. Yeah. Cause I followed a number of them on Instagram or whatever. And, you know, like uh, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're like late teens now. Right. Yeah. And so the characters are in season four are like in high school, freshmen in high school. And it's Good. like, Thank you. Just let's not. Yeah. I was really afraid they were going to still try to pretend they were younger than they are. It's yeah, definitely not. Uh, and then finally, um, for our rum fuel recommendations, do you have any? Um, hey, wait a minute. You were giving me rum fuel recommendations instead of planned plunderings, weren't you? No, no, I haven't read any of those. Oh, oh okay. So what are your pl- your rum fueled or less rum fueled at this stage uh, recommendations? Um, I recommend all three Fear Street. Movies on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Uh, I highly recommend them. I watched them in three sittings, not all at once. Uh, I enjoyed the heck out of them. Uh, speaking of characters from uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, from Stranger Things, yep. um, Sadie really Sink. Doug really actually was surprised by some of the choices made. That is a super violent horror, horror series. Like, like, people just... You're like, oh yeah, this is a main character. We're cool with a dead. Wait, time out. What? <laughs> I have a feeling. I have a feeling that um, that's one of those projects where um, an actress like Sink is like, well, this is gonna help uh, round out my the the sweetness of my Stranger Things character and the innocence yeah. of it, right? Yeah, yeah. And she's um, and she's very pretty too. I mean, it's it's neat as she as she's getting older. She's I mean that, that affect with the red hair and everything. She's yeah. Really dynamic to see on screen, right? Yeah, um, really Cut, slathered it, I, slathered it in blood and mud in Fear Street, but yeah, yeah. Um, plus, it's so it's three movies and characters reappear mm-hmm. in different time periods, which is kind of cool. It's three different time periods of the oh, same wow. town. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah. cool. And people show up as different characters in the town's history. Mm. Um, no, that's cool. Me. Other recommendations. Um, Southern Bastards. Oh. Uh, uh, sorry. Uh, Southern Bastards. I just started reading them. Uh, highly recommend. It's a really good crime fiction comic. Uh, mm-hmm. I wish I could tell you who it's You know what? I will... It's Look Jason it Aaron and Jason Latour, right? Yep, it's the Jasons, yeah. So if you like Jason Aaron, highly recommend Southern Bastards. I um, saw a lot of the cover art for this. Um, 
in develop really at some point in development because it's been around for a long time, right? Yeah, yeah, it's old. Um, I'm just Six now seven years old. Yeah, yeah. I remember I'm just the now getting into it. I remember um, some of the cover art for it. And I was like, "Holy shit, that looks good." It's really good. It's a really good story. Um, also, takes some turns you're not expecting. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, let's see. Okay, so I've done a comic. I've done this TV show. I've tried to do a book. Um, oh, well, I've already done that. I've done the Rivers of London already, right? Yes, you have. Damn it. Okay, I don't have a book at the moment. All right. Sorry. Um, for me, I mean, I, you know, you you already said you're about to dive onto Ted Lasso, so you you gotta you gotta watch that. It's right, right. What a class! I mean, it's fantastic because it also is a, a generally feel good show. Uh, it's infectiously good, and not just because of him, but the whole cast. And also, it's a good example of like shows of our youth, like Cheers, um, or even Frasier, where the context of the conceit of the show is not what the show's about. You do sure. not need to know anything about football or soccer or care and it has nothing to do with your appreciation of the show i cool. watched it in my past like world cup stuff and played a little bit of it of it and just enough to be able to understand the game to a fair degree maybe sure. Um, sure. and my wife has had no experience with it at all and it's it it's like it didn't matter right like it doesn't matter to her whatsoever that she doesn't understand soccer one bit because it doesn't right. matter to the show it's great but my recommendations would be and i hope we're going to talk about this again um soon uh foundation on apple tv um they did they did uh they did swing hard and i think that it's more successful than not and Sweet. i like it a lot um and then also um i mentioned this before but i'm still enjoying it reservation dogs yes that's as on my list yeah, yeah. Um, it gets better and oh. better and better the longer I watch it. I, okay, I have a recommendation that's super, that's 12 years late. Okay. Bob's Burgers. What is it? Bob's Burgers? Bob's Burgers. I just started watching Bob's Burgers and I'm like, really? In and I'm like, all right, I just missed the boat. My bad. I have never watched, I've never seen any of it. Um, it is a slow burn, but like once, once you get enough character under your, under your belt watching it, yeah. it just... It just kind of it just kind of rolls, and you just feel it. You just feel the jokes coming, and you can uh, see like you see a joke coming, and then it's like it's this joke, it's this joke, it's this joke, haha, sucker! And you're like, oh, that's a better joke. Good job. <laughs> okay, Plus, I've never John even H. H. John Benjamin, John H. Benjamin, H. H. John Benjamin, and like I love his voice. Like always have. What do you know it from? Oh, uh, okay. I don't think I would. I don't know that I would know. Archer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, listen, yeah. this has been super fun. I'm glad that we get a chance to uh, record together after a bit of a dry spell, so to speak. And um, I hope we get to do it again real soon, hopefully before 2042. And look, man, uh, despite our best efforts, conventions are coming back. So. All right, cool. You'll, um, you'll be behind the table helping me sooner than you think. I'm in. All right. That's some of the that's some of the best uh, conventioning I've done is hanging out with you nerding on nerding on uh, nerd stuff when we should be selling fun. stuff. I, yeah. I walked away with an Iron Man heart and a freaking Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, this you did pretty good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> amazing times. Plus um, a ton of super awesome art. You got a ton of super awesome art. I did. Um, okay, 
So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave you with that, and um, thanks for doing it. And I hope people have found this somewhat fun to listen to. I hope I hope. Me too. Um, and outro music begins. Dun, dun, dun. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs>